Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leia, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about the ham radio. And we've got a fun, special news story today. So let's get started, shall we? Well, welcome everybody. We want to say a big thank you to Alpha Antenna. They have been sponsoring a couple of our episodes the last couple of months, and we really appreciate it. We're going to mention this right up front. No hunting around. We're going to tell you who the winner is. No scavenger hunt? No scavenger hunt. Right up front. The 10 to 80 meter HOA Buster MCOM Antenna. We're going to tell you who the winner is. But first, what is that glorious prize package, Leah? Steve at Alpha Antenna Mm -hmm. put together an amazing package. It is the HOA Buster and the MCOM options, which is the 10 to 80 meter HOA Buster Antenna. 60 feet, 10 to 80 meter HOA MCOM element, Mm -hmm. 18 feet of Alpha RG58U, and an MCOM equipment bag. Yes, indeed. So So generous. Thank you. So who's the winner, Leah? Our big winner is... Andrew Lynch of Woodland, Texas. Congratulations, Andrew. Congratulations. You'll have to write in and let us know yes. how it all goes. How it goes. For everybody that didn't win, we encourage you to go take a look at the show notes, go over to Alpha Antenna, and check out the HOA Buster. It comes in six colors, almond, black, brown, blue, white, and gray. And I just want to read a little note from Steve. Operationally, the HOA Buster is a matching network that uses gutters as the antenna element for 10 through 80 meters. The matching network then has a metal spike underneath it, which is used to complete the circuit and provide a static drain through the included mount and spike. Very, very good. Operationally, the HOA MCOM element enables the 10 through 80 meter HOA Buster to be used as a tuner-free 10 through 80 portable MCOM antenna. So you can take this on the go as well. This is accomplished by installing the MCOM element, which was in the giveaway. A sloping antenna after the mounting spike is simply pushed into the ground at your operating position. Fantastic. So you can use it as a portable antenna too, which I think is really, really cool. I also want to mention, I am, uh, I'm very interested in the vertical antenna, the telescoping Vertical you love whip. telescoping. I do. Thing. It's one of my favorite antennas to just grab and get in the field with because you just you kind of fully extend it, put some good radials underneath it, and then you just adjust it until you're right in the slot for your SWR slash resonance, and then go nuts. And after looking at it at Hamvention, you can go look at my videos and on the live stream, their telescoping mast is different than some of the other brands, and I'm told that they did some special engineering behind it. So. I'm excited to try one of those out. Anyway, a big thank you again to Alpha Antenna for the support, and make sure you go check them out. Absolutely. So, Leah, how has uh, your week been? Well, I waited for the podcast to tell you something because I figured... What? (laughs) You just can't get that upset while we're recording, and uh, (laughs) that feels good to me. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I went to the library today because it was anime day. Okay. How how could this turn bad? Okay. It turns out that, and you may have noticed, you've been to the library, that the asphalt is in 
very poor condition. Okay. So they're working on the parking lot. Okay. And something to the truck. And so we we all had to park in underground parking. <gasps> the antenna? And the clearance. <gasps> oh no. Is it broken? Well, <laughs> you, it doesn't look broken when you're looking at the truck. But at one point, was not on top of the truck anymore. <laughs> okay, was, I have to stop. I have to go look at it right oh, now. No. That's really bad because it could have broke the mount damaging the cab of the truck, Leah. It cracked the antenna Okay, I got it. I'm pausing. Okay. I'm pausing. Horrible, Leia. Horrible. <laughs> so it turns out uh-huh. oh, th- that we're this back, was but... not a good idea because you have a pause button. <laughs> and I paused. Okay, so. Oh, right. no. So you things. have it in your hand. I have it in my hand. Oh, no. It, it turns out that Leia went under, I know this parking structure. There's barely enough clearance for the truck let alone an antenna riding on top of it. I mean, I knew that. And I've explicitly said, like, let's not park. Like, even before the truck, like with the Xterra, the Xterra can barely fit under it with the roof rack on top. So this is not like an unknown. I park to you. in that structure all the time. I've, ne- I've never said this is okay to park. Okay. Anyway. So, yeah, the antenna is damaged it's crackalack but it it didn't uh it didn't do anything to the mount which was my big concern because if it damaged the mount it would have damaged the the truck we'll talk about this in a video because Let i see ben fixed it don't say anything about ben the antenna right it. now because there's gonna be a video there's no he didn't fix anything he ben fixed it he, still, <laughs> he went up we there. don't know what the fixing he, is i was like okay ben i'll handle it he's like no i have to go up there and fix it right now <laughs> it's fine i mean it's what's done is done there's nothing that we can do about it I'll, I'll check it out to make sure it's okay it looks like it's just cosmetic but who knows also i'm a bit curious about the functionality of this antenna so it, it was i maybe it was fortuitous we'll we'll find out anyway you guys will have to wait for a video for me to talk about the more details on this thing uh, as we go forward anything else happened to you this week Leah? um no that's I didn't break any other antennas, if that's what you're getting at. <laughs> well, okay. All right. All right. Well, I appreciate you telling me. <laughs> you don't look like you appreciate it. <laughs> I'm just glad you told me. I appreciate that that's the kind of relationship we have. Not exactly thrilled I... that it happened on the podcast, like live role recording. You know what? It, but... I could have just not told you. That was an option. <laughs> and then my radio possibly could have got broken because the antenna shorted and it would have damaged it. And then I would have been, and you would have been like, how deep does it go, Leia? How deep does it go? How much more expensive does it get for you withholding damaged radio goods from me? You know, the sky is the limit. It, would, it will become problematic yeah and you know like truth be told ben would have told you <laughs> oh yeah but he didn't he didn't say anything. did you swear he forgot him? he forgot well you kind of forgot too that's the real reason you just remembered when we started the podcast yeah and i was like i'm gonna wait till <laughs> we're recording because what's he gonna do then <laughs> immediately run outside is what he was gonna do and did yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for clicking on the Ham Radio Crash Course. Look forward to that. That should be a fun video. I guarantee it's going to be a fun video. We like to kick off the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. 
And the minute this day, <laughs> the minute today is, I know this is crazy, but once you learn the Morse code alphabet, you can just like get on the air with it. You don't even need to know the Morse code alphabet. Well, that's to get true. On the air. <laughs> so I, I have crippled myself in wanting to be proficient in all these things, like almost to the point that like I was, I was forcing myself to go down the the road of head copy. You know what head copy is? It's like I mean, where you can copy the words in your right. head. You don't have to write anything down because that's like that's like the the prestige level of of Morse code. And for a long time now, I've I've been listening to Morse code like constantly. I I, I literally am running remote ham radio to my shack when I'm in my office and I'm working and I'm editing like Morse codes playing all the time. Oddly enough, big shout out K4SWL, our friend Thomas Witherspoon, who is a uh, one of the I, I think. I think we can say host. I don't know if it's guest host exactly. I'll have to get the exact. He'll have to tell me if he listens to this. One of the one of the guest hosts on the Ham Radio Workbench. Great podcast that's out there. So I've been listening to just a lot of his videos. And I, yes, I use his chapter markers as he recommends to go. I click on basically the start of the activation. And then I just listen to him work parks on the air contacts. I try and copy down the call signs of the people calling him. Poda, poda, poda. I know his. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> what? That's what it sounds like. Poda, poda, poda. I know what his. Uh, well, he does say CQ poda. He, yeah. does, he does keep poda. That's, he and he always goes CQ like one CQ and then it's right into poda. Like poda, he, poda, poda. That's it. Yeah. And uh, it's it's been really interesting actually to see kind of getting a little bit better noticing that I'm getting a little bit better with with copying calls because that's really the thing with with parks on the air which is what i'm trying to do parks on the air summits on the air i want to be able to do one on my own activate it all on cw and the only difficulty in the whole thing is the call sign that's the only difficulty copying down the signal report all that stuff's easy and even for parks on the air, it doesn't really matter that much so i was i, I was fooling around uh, in the garage today, and I, I've been hopping around on all these CW stations, and I've been picking up call signs, and I've been picking up pro signs, and all this stuff's just kind of, it's starting to coalesce in my brain, if you will, and it's it's just a fantastic thing that's happening. So this Saturday, you know, the day after you hear this, we're going to be doing a, a Morse code live stream. Now, I, I have the goal in mind that I want to do, but as always, it's an hour, and I don't know how much of that we're going to be able to get to. But it's definitely going to be using the code a little bit beyond, a little bit beyond the practicing because I think people understand like how to get started in learning the code. But then like, how do you rip the bandaid off? Like how do you just do it right? And so I think that's what we're going to do for the live streamers. We're going to rip the bandaid is... off. We're going to collectively rip all of our bandaids off simultaneously for everybody who's kind of been, you know, one leg in, one leg out with this whole thing. So be ready for a good time. I hope you join us over there. But yeah, that's going to be. You know, uh, there's um, mm -hmm. there's a quote from Christopher McDougall, who's an author. You don't have to be fast, but you better be fearless. That's. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> that is. That is probably the quintessential <laughs> Morse code quote yes. <laughs> for people starting out. Yeah. <laughs> I, wherever you got that, send that to me. Send that to me right now. I'm going to tweet it and threads it. I'm on threads, by the way, everybody. Who is on threads? Uh, you can find me on Amradio Crash Course. But yeah, no, send that to me. I'm serious. I'm going to forget if you don't do it. Like right now. Do it right now. Right meow? Right meow. Okay. Right meow, please. 
Reminder, everybody, announcement time. You can join us on the HRCC Weekly Nets. We've got two. Every Thursday at 6.30 Pacific Standard Time, we do the digital voice nets on all of your favorite voice modes, like D-Star, DMR, and Yesu System Fusion. We also support P25, which is what the cool kids are using. Today I was on the net. I was. Uh, it's been a little while because I've been I've been trying to make my P25 radio, my Motorola, work with my open spot, and just nothing but issues. There's a couple of people on the HRCC Discord that have got it working, so I think I think it might be Jody actually. I've got to go uh, engage with them and figure out how to get that sorted. And then on Friday, the day you're listening to this, hopefully, if you're one of those first dayers, we do a HF net. It's almost always on 40 meters. I'm assuming that that's got to change at some point in the next couple of months or year as we get closer to the peak sun cycle. We're going to get a lot more people lower in the frequencies, and we're going to have a lot better contact uh, capabilities coming up here pretty soon. But you can follow along with what's going on with all that information on the hashtag HF-net Discord chat on the Ham Radio Crash Course Discord. The link is in the show notes to join us over there. And if you want to get involved in the digital voice net, make sure to go to the digital voice YSF DMR D-Star chat room. It's, it's pretty obvious when you find it. That's where we do the tracking for that net. So two different chat rooms, two different nets. That's how we do it, to keep it separate. Leia, would you like to take a test? Oh, Nelly. You're, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? You better do a good job. Hmm? After breaking the antenna, you better do a good job. That's all I got to say about that. I just want you to remember that I really love that- and appreciate you and everything you do <laughs> no i'm i'm really not that mad like i i have uh i have said i have said many times there are antennas that i that are like 24 hour everyday drive-in antennas and then there are antennas i put up when i'm going like on a road trip on a truck you almost have to have a couple of antennas from my point of view mm-hmm. unless you're never going to go through a drive through you're never going to go in a parking garage you need to have that versatility and the antenna i had on is literally one I'm testing. So whether you, whether that was the thing we wanted to attempt or not, you you have a data point that you've now created. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe we'll see, you know, maybe we'll call it the McDonald's test on every one of my mobile antenna videos. We take it through McDonald's and see what happens. You got to just take it through the Cerritos Library parking lot. The Cerritos Library <laughs> parking lot test. Just drive it through there and see what happens to I it. I mean, that's where our sheriffs actually park their cars, though. Yeah, but they're like, explorers are not as tall as our vehicle. Okay. Then they're all in explorers, and they have different antennas. They're not running this type of antenna. Yeah, well, I just want you to know, I didn't, I didn't park it in the, in the structure. <laughs> the damage was done. <laughs> so I should have just parked it. Yes, you should have just parked it. And then hopped, had Ben hop up there and unscrew it and take it off. Okay, well then, I'm just going to tell you the rest of the story. <laughs> What? So, as I was going through the clearance thing, Uh because there's always a clearance. Yeah, the thing that goes bang, bang. Yeah, so you know. Bang, bang. Don't. I shot you not Bang, bang. Do not proceed. But I don't have a way to back out, because half of the drive area into that place Mm -hmm. is roped off. So why don't you just pull over and have Ben unscrew it? Uh, uh, This is good points. Okay. (laughs) Okay. 
I had to find my way to the exit. Ben wasn't in the car at that time. It okay. wasn't until, okay. Was Edison in the car? Yeah. Edison could do this. There's there's nothing hard about this. He might, he's probably tall enough. And I want you to know this for the sake of your review. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I've got to get out of the parking structure. <laughs> you want me to include this in the review? Okay. I've what got you're to, telling no, me no, right no. I want to tell you what happened with this antenna. Okay. Okay. Because it hit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I can't back out. There's like a long line of people coming this way. And then mm-hmm. there are people coming out and they have basically blocked off half of the driveway into the parking structure anyway. Okay. So it's very narrow, right? I don't have a way to maneuver. Mm-hmm. And I go and it's not hitting anymore. And I'm like, solid. All right. Well, let's, everything might this be fine. It's going to be of like, and then. <laughs> My engine is making a funny noise, but it stops. So everything's got to be fine. And then, and so I'm trying to, I'm trying to make my way and you can't use the normal exits anymore because they have some kind of maze. Making my way in the world today. Takes everything. And I'm literally, not that it matters for the height of the car, but I'm like, I never realized how slow these ceilings were. And I'm like you're ducking. In, I'm ducking in physically the car. ducking? Yeah, I'm like, oh man. That's That wasn't a feature <laughs> no. on the truck. No. It doesn't lower itself. Well, I'm trying duck. to figure out the points in the ceiling. You can't like gangsta lean and, and put you know put it on bags and drop it. Like it doesn't work that way. I'm just trying to look mm-hmm. and see what the lowest points are in the ceiling because there's parts that are higher and lower so you're trying, to, trying like, to maneuver maze run your way yeah yeah, 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 okay. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're running a reverse death star uh trench is what you're doing right yeah now? okay on my way out this thing hits at least four more times so it was technically still on there <laughs> for a good amount of time before it gave up the ghost okay so that's, woo, I just want everybody to know that's good. <laughs> it, it wasn't just like a one hit wonder. I mean, it's damn it. It is damn. Um, I will just say, whatever you did, mm-hmm. you did it. Yes. Because <laughs> it's damaged. It's it's totally damaged. Yeah. And then at a certain point, it just stopped making the sound entirely. <laughs> so, but four Problem times. Solved. Yeah. Four times it. <laughs> The problem solved. Wow. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm I'm literally just Wow. It's still cool. Still cool, man. Uh the antenna is okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, physically it's okay. The Yeah, okay. Interesting. That's a that is a data point. Yes. So Oh wow. Fascinating. Okay. We have I have isn't that a, an important piece of information? Everybody listening. That it really held you on. To, you will want to watch for at least four hits. <laughs> you will want to watch a video about whatever I do with this. This is very fascinating. It's like, so you know how you were like, oh, the damage is done. Well, it wasn't actually done until four hits later. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you see, I, I thought I killed it, but it turns out I needed like four, maybe five coup de gras <laughs> until the noise stopped. <laughs> I'm like, you must have put one of them self-resetting mounts on this antenna. And I, when I put it down, I want it to stay down. This is the second time that an antenna has gone bye-bye because of me. Yes. I drove through a car wash with an antenna. 
<laughs> it was a very expensive antenna too. It was a quad band VHF UHF yeah. antenna. I didn't know. I just needed to clean my car. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. I wasn't mad at you. Yeah. All right. I mean, <laughs> was that after the transition that you dr- started driving it? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, so these questions are going to get repetitive because I am using hand study. It does make sure to mm-hmm. cycle through the questions until you, they know you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Okay. Which of the following applies to the FCC rules uh, designate of the amateur service as a secondary user on a band? A. Amateur stations must not cause harmful interference to the primary users and must accept interference from primary users. B. Amateur stations must record the call sign of the primary service station before operating on the frequency assigned to that station. C. Amateur stations may use the band only during emergencies. Or D. Amateur stations may only operate during specific hours of the day while primary users are permitted 24-hour use of the band. And the answer is A. Amateur stations must not cause harmful interference to the primary users and must accept interference from primary users. Correct. All right. On which amateur frequencies is the 10-meter band in the 10-meter band uh, may stations with a general class control operator transmit CW emissions? A, uh, 28.000 megahertz to 28.300 megahertz only. B, 28. 000 megahertz to 28.025 megahertz only. C, the entire band, D, 28.025 megahertz to 28.300 megahertz only. And the answer is C, the entire band. So when you see this question, the entire band, 10 meters, ignore all the numbers. <laughs> yes. All right. Which HF bands have segments exclusively allocated to amateur extra licensees? Mm -hmm. A, 60 meters, 30 meters, 17 meters, and 12 meters. B, all HF bands. Mm. C, 80 meters, 40 meters, 20 meters, and 15 meters. Or D, all HF bands except 160 meters and 10 meters. I got this one wrong. Yes, you did. The answer is C. Yeah. Ten, uh, 80 meters, 40 meters, 20 meters, and 15 meters. Right. Uh, and the hint for this from Ham Study mm-hmm. is the class AE contains the first and fifth letter of the alphabet, and only the correct answer contains the number 15. What? <laughs> first and fifth, one, five, 15. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Sometimes. <laughs> That's how I remember. It. The hints are less helpful <laughs> than just memorizing 80, 40, 20, 15. And I think I got this question before, actually. And the thing that I was uh, going to say is it's all multiples of 20 plus 15. <laughs> That's, That's yeah, not a bad way. Yeah. yeah. Right. A lot of them are multiples of 20, though. Uh, that's the, not the, on that question. On that? Okay. Yeah. 
Which of the following frequencies is within the general class portion of the 15 meter band? Oh, here we go. A, 18155 kilohertz. B, 14250 uh, kilohertz. C, uh, 249. <laughs> You're so enthusiastic. <laughs> zero, zero kilohertz. Or D, 21300 kilohertz. Mm. Mm. The answer is D, 21300 kilohertz. And I got that right. She has a hand Boom. up right now. She's calling a cab. Yeah. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> this, these hints are insane. These okay. hints are insane. Okay. Okay. Note, remember that the 15 meter band is actually located below the 15 meters. <laughs> If you remember this and check the wavelength of the values that are close, you will find that 18155 gives the wavelength. <laughs> That's, okay. So, what you so gotta this... do when you take the test is you got to smuggle in <laughs> a 16 meter tape measure. None of that, none of that imperial stuff. It's got to be metric. You just got to like also bring a shrub so that you can hide. As you elongate, extend, if you will, the tape measure. And there you go. <laughs> so simple. So simple. <laughs> so the silly memory aid is 2 times 15 equals 30. And 21,300 is the only answer with the numbers 2 and 30. The only answer that adds up to 15 is 2 plus 13. Wow. There you go. So uh, that one's not bad if you want to. Yeah, that one's not bad. Two plus 13 equals 15. It has to be like a, a like there has almost has to be like a mental trick in a mnemonic. Not a That's not a mnemonic device, but like a, a an aid like that, a, a memory aid. It's got to be like a weird, I don't know, mental flippy thing. I don't know. That's the best way I can. I'm really, I should start writing these. Yeah. Because obviously I have no idea what I'm talking about as far as memory aids go. Keep going. What are, what are you doing? I'm, what are you, what are you trying my, to, what are I'm you... on my last one. Yeah. Which On which HF or MF amateur bands are there portions where general class licensees cannot transmit? Didn't mm -hmm. you already get this one? <laughs> I don't it's, yeah, it's the 80, it's the multiples of 20. So I know. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, Ham Study. Good job. Well, that's the learning aid, yeah. right? That's what you're doing right mm -hmm. now because you're you're so worried about this new question pool that you cannot do a, a I'm start over practice I'm, test. Yeah, I'm starting over. Starting over fresh. I'm starting new, over and doing it for real. New pool, new. I'm year. gonna master each sub element. Ma master each one. You know, again, that's the opposite <laughs> direction. Like you went from like no mastery. Now you're gonna go full mastery. You just need seventy four percent. Nope. To pass. That's nope. I I had um. Man, when I first started doing live streams, I had a lot of people that would, you know, comment. And we used to do like a call in section where people mm -hmm. would call in and ask questions. And I used to get so many people who were like, well, once I once I get 100 percent on 20 tests, I'm going to go take the exam. And I would always lose my mind at that because I would tell them it's like, guys, you don't get extra credit. You want the license. You have no license right now. 
<sighs> just go past the thing. No, I'm going to start no. listing oh, no. the sub elements in the in the show notes. Okay. So if people are studying that sub element, they okay. can just go to the podcast okay. for that sub element. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's great. There's like, no, that's not going to work. It's a yeah. sub element has like tens of questions. Mm hmm. At least 12. And sometimes they go up into the 50s and 60s. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> if, you, if you'd like to learn along with Leia, <laughs> we highly recommend the Gordon, Ra Gordon Rest. I need rest from having you explain how you're going to approach the test. The Gordon West <laughs> Ham Radio Test Prep Books. You seem more upset about this than the antenna, honestly. <laughs> it's just mentally exasperating because it's, it's like, oh, God. There's no, you don't get more. Like, you don't get more. It's not like Canada. See, I can get down on what Canada does. Don't know why you did that right on the microphone. That's fantastic. <laughs> Canada has a system where if you, like, ace the technician, their technician exam, you get HF privileges. You know what See I that? get if now I get a that. high, if I get a perfect score, you know what I get? Bragging rights. And you know what? That's that's the best privilege and, and, of all. And and that's how, and then, and then what you do is you start every conversation with that when you meet another ham. You're like, well, yeah, I'm a general. 100% general. You like start adding erroneous like feel good points to it just to show like a certain ham dominance. That's like Haminance, when you, as we call when it. You, uh, when you went to Harvard, you talk about how I went to school in Cambridge. Right, 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 right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Infuriating. We have links for all of the Gordon West books in the show notes. They're over on Amazon. They are affiliate links. If you buy from us, we appreciate it. We get a little bit of a cut of the action, so we appreciate it. You could also check out the fast track to your ham radio license. Are you, like, doing Foley work in the background? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> you were rolling over bags earlier before we started. You're opening carbonated water directly on mic? <laughs> Now you're, you found the noisiest mint container. <laughs> Got to get into that immediately. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> God. Anyway, go check out the Fast Track to Your Ham Radio license books on Audible. And they are fantastic. What do you do? Something new? <laughs> Trying something new? And last but not least, go to hamstudy.org. It is our recommended way of getting started in your ham radio journey the practice tests this. are free you can take the practice tests online they do have an app that you can find in the app stores for android and iphone and hey we appreciate it join the conversation by leaving a review over on apple podcasts for the ham radio crash course podcast we really do appreciate that it is literally the only way <laughs> That Leia knows if the podcast is any good, and/or emailing us at Leia at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious. And that's why we appreciate it. Help spread the word it. of ham radio. Unfortunately, Leia, last week's podcast was not very good because there's no reviews. Womp womp. Womp womp. That means it's time. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into you the ready? unknown I will go, go. for I shall fear no Let's man of peace. One go. foot Let's after go. the other, for go. I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Welcome to the preparedness corner. Before we start, 
I had an interesting comment that came in on the YouTubes. And it was somebody in the UK. Your YouTube? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they said, I don't get the whole thing with Americans and all of this preppy business. What? They meant preparedness. Right. He, he was being tongue-in-cheek. Oh, I thought he might have been talking about old money. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... He was he was totally a nice guy, but he really didn't like get it. Like he didn't he didn't know why why do we care so much about preparedness? And I I, I thought I made it in like, America in America. But I mean, it's kind of in our it's in our blood. It's in our blood, but at the same time, <laughs> like so I get this was my response. I said, well, growing up, I got to live in a town where an earthquake the, the epicenter of an earthquake. Mm -hmm. So we you know we spent like five days without water and gas. And uh, I live in an area that also, not where we're at, has wildfires, but the threat of an earthquake is always and random, and we don't really know. And so having at least enough stuff to make yourself comfortable during that time is, you know, good. And there are people that live in areas with hurricanes, and there's obviously people that live in areas with tornadoes. And then there's just people that have random freak storms like South, you know, like, te like Texas had a couple of years ago. And then there's people that just have regular weather of the extreme nature, you know, in other parts of the country, right, where they have to just be normally prepared. Right. So it's not so much that we're crazy four-letter word preppers, right, in the sense that the media portrays so many people being prepared. And that's what I said, too. I'm like, the media really goes after the, the, the crazier people. But if you talk to a lot of Americans, a lot of them will say, like, no, I'm prepared for, like, where I live. That that's the reality yeah. of my life. And it was really funny. He's like, well, the only thing I have to prepare for is, like, if the train's late. Because, like, they don't have really natural well, disasters except for the heat. Because they – no one in the UK prepares for the heat. They have no – there's, like, no air conditioner in the UK, I heard. I know that that's, you know, a generalization. But there's, like, very few air conditioners and they get – you know, a couple of days a year where the heat is just extreme and they're just dying from it. Like it's, you know, something that is always a big deal with them. But obviously that's not a natural disaster other than like the it's it's too hot, right? So anyway. I, I think that the the large percentage of Americans that are at minimum like base level preparedness minded. Mm-hmm comes from what is a very self-reliant spirit um sure right it's, like meaning i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh turn to someone to bail me out of this right i, I need to be able to be uh, proficient enough that i can help my way through most of this stuff so if you consider that the uk has uh like what is it called like council housing or something like that where if you're below a certain uh, income threshold, mm -hmm. the government's just going to give you a flat, I think, is how that works. Okay. Maybe it's changed since the call the midwife time. <laughs> but <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Uh, is it called a council flat? Oh, I don't remember now. Anyways, the UK, the, one of the big things that is like very staggering to people who come from the UK and other uh, much smaller countries mm -hmm. is how very vast and large the United States is. It is huge. Yeah. And I think in the U.S. we are all very conscious of the reality that if there is a countrywide disaster, mm -hmm. help is not coming. It's right. not coming in any timely way. Right. 
right? So we really do take it upon ourselves from down to even the school levels, right? Like our schools have like watchdog programs where parents are on campus. Like dads on the road with the signs, like, you know, waving people in and yeah, sometimes, yeah. yeah. I mean, some dads help with uh, cross guard duty, playground duty, right? Things like that. Crosswalk. Yeah, crosswalk. I was like, cross guard. What is that? Are well, we... crossing guard. Okay. Yeah. And then this you is for have fencing class. You have uh, neighborhood watch programs, mm-hmm. right? This is something very popular in America where we are taking it upon ourselves to patrol our neighborhoods with uh, safety vests. For a crime right? that's not even potentially our crime. We could be entering ourselves in other crime just to yeah. prevent <laughs> crime, right? Yeah. It, no, it's it. Yeah, that is kind of a very interesting part of that is probably very staggering for other folks when they come to America, I assume. And I I think for most of us, it is that we don't really expect the government to provide that much. It, it depends on what part of the country you live, because, again, the U.S. is a huge place mm-hmm. right but a lot of us don't depend on that because we know that those are also human beings that have their own families and in a disaster yeah they're going to be with their families or trying to help them out and even then even if they are working there's too many people that need help yeah so you're, you're on your own and there's this element of also doing your part right right like i don't want to like the worst time to be a drain on the government is in the worst time <laughs> no but in just every everyday life like the whole community service thing is something that is huge in american culture like the idea that you don't do any community service at all during your year is like well what what's wrong with you <laughs> like right. why are you not giving back to your community mm-hmm. right why are you not getting involved in you know whatever it is to contribute. Right. So I think that's part of it, right? Because if you already have the idea that you are partially responsible for your community, not the government, Mm -hmm. but the citizens, Mm -hmm. then you're going to do your part to also not be a drain Mm -hmm. on the community resources. Sure. And part of that is you being responsible for yourself Mm -hmm. and your needs, right? Right. So I think that's, that's a... A really big and impressive part of the uh, the American spirit. I think so. Right. It's also yeah. one of the reasons that we have such a difficult time uh, politically. <laughs> <laughs> we have a hard time playing well with others. <laughs> I'll just do it my own way. Yeah. I don't know you. <laughs> you got oil, though? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. We want less government involvement in most cases. Like because most even, of the time we're doing it on our own anyway. Right. So and, it's kind of like, what are you doing for me? You've done nothing. Get out of here. But you don't want somebody who doesn't even live in your neighborhood to make decisions for you. Right. About your life. <laughs> oh, that is. Right? Yeah, that I got I got a twinge of of something. And if you and if you if you want that. Mm-hmm then you can't not then be willing to be fully responsible for yourself. Exactly. Yes. That's actually a very, you can't have the like, I want to be free mentality if you're not willing to to walk the walk. Yeah. Period. Yeah. No, 100%. So I hope uh, 
whoever made that comment is listening to the podcast. I don't know that they are, but uh, we we left amicably. It was a a good little back and forth, uh, a a tat a tat in the uh, in the comments. Well, you know, there was a lot going on in the country this uh, in the past couple of weeks. Things were hot. Things were hot in some areas. Things were flooding in other areas. Okay. Right. So. uh, right in the preparedness corner, I, I want to talk about Vermont and the floods that are happening in Vermont. Sure. We're thinking about you. There are so many HRCC podcast contributors that are in Vermont. Some I of hope, our producers are in Vermont. I, yeah. I hope <laughs> yes. that you are safe, yes. that wherever you are, there was minimal damage. I'm sure that you all were, if it was in your area, you were all out there helping. So I hope that... You, your family, and everybody you were helping, uh, that everything is okay, and let us know. I haven't checked the emails yet, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as we know, Vermont has differing elevations, so the effect of that is going to be felt differently, you know? So, yeah, maybe we'll hear more in the emails. Alternatively, heat waves. Yes. Throughout the country, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So over on r slash prepper, from user not dinosaur, suspiciously may be dinosaur. You yeah, know what that's, I mean? Yeah. That's an oddly... Interesting... <laughs> uh, there is an article about surviving a heat wave in a power outage. I will post that link in the show notes. But And I'll get into this article, but I want to talk a little bit about the suggestions. I think we talk about this every summer. But we're going to talk about it again because new ideas and recently Prime Day. Mm-hmm. Right. Also, before I get any further, Prime Day is a scam, everybody. I think some people what? had like asked for Prime Day recommendations. We will not be doing Prime Day rec- recommendations. I know that that is a huge day for influencers. It's a huge day. And affiliates. So to many push. ham radio YouTubers making videos on Prime okay, Day. Okay. L- listen to me. What's okay. Up? What's up, Jason and Hayden? What? Ham Radio DX, Ham Radio 2.0 with your live streams. <laughs> Ripping people. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I don't have nearly the uh, anger that you do about this, but go ahead. Continue. Oh, I do. Oh, okay. Let's it's, go. Explain it's, it. Uh, like really upsetting to me because, and and I know that I, I, I have mentioned this at least once in the past years of the podcast. What happens on Prime Day is that um, Amazon sellers are able to set whatever their original price was on, like whatever they want it to be, and then they can set their price, right, their current price, and then it will basically show you some astronomical percentage off, Mm -hmm. okay? And I know for a fact that for the – there are some good deals on Prime Day, don't get me wrong. But by and large, sure. most products on Prime Day are actually marked up a day or so before uh-huh. Prime Day only to be discounted back to its original price. You are right. You mentioned a website today. Yes, it's Camel Camel Camel. Does it still exist? It does. Okay, thank you. So everyone that buys things on Amazon, if you are truly interested in what things cost, Please use camel, camel, camel. And it'll show you the price history on a product. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it was at its highest, when it was at its lowest. and But it, here's how I know. I had bought two weeks before 
a pair of uh, sneakers mm -hmm. because with body pump, I, I need more arch support. And so I bought uh, these, I want to say they were either Adidas or Nike. I don't remember now. Um, but I you got shoes. They got were the wrong size. And okay. so I had returned them and didn't repurchase them thinking to myself, I'll wait till Prime Day. Mm -hmm. There's, It's bound to be a steal on Prime Day, mm -hmm. right? At, at least close to the lowest price that they would normally sell it for. Mm -hmm. I went to go, I went back to the same listing. Mm -hmm. They were like 20 or $30 more than when I bought Whoa. them. And and we're still touted as being on sale. Yes. So that means they were probably cranked up forty bucks to drop it twenty. Yeah. To be it was, twenty dollars over what the original price was. Yeah. And I, I found this to be true. Shady. I want to say the same thing happened with Liquid IV, which I, I bought anyway, uh, because I needed to hit a minimum for something else. That's how they get you. That's how they get you is that uh free it's that free overnight shipping that they've been doing. Yes. You got to hit $25. Mm -hmm. Sneaky. Very yeah. sneaky. Literally overnight. Things we woke up in the morning, leave for doing whatever, and there's your Amazon. Crazy. I ordered that morning and I had items by uh, 1 p.m. That's crazy. But we also have a fulfillment center. No, I get it. That's but, but still. Like within walking distance. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yeah. Are we in an affiliate? Is that where we're at? We're just going to be living in Amazon fulfillment <laughs> centers in the future? Is that the future we want? Amazon's just going to send stuff to you to hold. <laughs> Can you just like... Just hold it. I got a guy and then coming. when you order it, it's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't even own it yet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Future. Yes. Future shipping. Based on your buying habits, will you store these for us? <laughs> and then when you order it, okay, it'll you be go-to. use go it, there's, to... a, there's a, a packet that you open <laughs> that it goes... Okay, we knew you wanted them. Yeah, go to this box. It's like thought crime, but it's thought buying, thought shipment. Yes, Leia, I I swear we're laughing. I swear we're laughing, and I hate the future that may exist where that's a thing. So uh, that's like subscribe and save, but it's like precog. So I don't oh know. Goodness. I don't know that you that anybody who bought anything on Prime Day really got ripped off. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the case of the shoes, I would have been ripped off. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think most things were actually at their original price anyway. Mm -hmm. So you just really got this urgency of <laughs> of buying. Amazon's just not what it used to be. It's For not. ham radio in particular, it's just not the way it was. There was actually a really interesting time where uh, companies like Ham Radio Outlet, I think Gigaparts is still on there. There's some other of the major retailers that put things on there. MFJ had a lot of things on there. You could it's just actually too expensive to fulfill through and, them anymore. And yeah, now it's like, well, most of them weren't fulfilling through that because Gigaparts, HRO, MFJ, they have their own shipping lines, mm. right? So they would just. Fulfilled by manufacturer. Right, whatever, exactly. Fulfilled by but they probably ratcheted up the intensity on those shippers, talking about worldwide shipping ham radio companies, yeah. that they're like, nah, man, this isn't worth they're, it. I mean, they're still taking way too big of a cut oh, for yeah. fulfilled by merchant. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So anyway, so back to <laughs> the Yeah, well, I don't know where we're at wave. anymore. Oh, the heat wave. <laughs> yes. Right, yes. 
And so there are ideas in a power outage to stay cool. Uh, Somebody suggests rock salt dehumidification and battery powered fans to manage wet bulb conditions. Wet bulb conditions? I don't know what that means. It's like the old timey days with flash bulbs. What are we talking about? A dehumidifier? Oh, just so that it's not, so we can make it a dry heat. We need it to be a dry heat. It's much more livable. <laughs> a cheap generator, obviously. Sure. Better. And then uh, I, I will sealing your home so that. You keep the cold air yeah. in that you produce. I, uh, by the way, that is a fantastic idea. Anybody who, who's really down this rabbit hole, go look up what an, what an envelope home is. Fascinating. With that said, what is an envelope? I'll explain that once I hit, I got to get this point out of the way. Generators are kind of one of those things that if you're not going to use it, it's kind of just a bunch of money sitting on a shelf, right? Mm. Like it's, it's peace of mind, but at the same time, if you don't use it and if you definitely don't store it right, you're going to pull it out and it's going to be like, well, here's three hours I got to spend, you know, cleaning out the carb, doing all this other junk on it, all this stuff. Pain in the butt a lot of times with generators. If you don't have to go that route, Unless you're running like a refrigerator or something like that, you know, sometimes you can just go solar, even a field deployable solar setup, Mm. which is going to be a little bit better. And that also parlays into ham radio nicely, Mm -hmm. you know, with Mm -hmm. some of the options that you could go. All right. So an envelope home, right? An envelope home concept is that like the entirety of it is insulated. Oh, Right. So you know how we have like an exhaust vent Mm -hmm. in bathrooms and stuff like that? Like an exhaust vent is also like leaking out. Sure. Colder air than is outside. Yeah, because what you want is black mold. Well, (laughs) they've got ways around all of that. Like they can recirculate. Like not not using the bathrooms. No, (laughs) you recirculate the air internally, that kind of thing. Oh, to get the black mold everywhere. But it goes so far in an envelope (laughs) home that there's they even talk about. So the idea of like is perfect home efficiency. So it uses a lot of like earthen materials over the a lot of the roof of the the home, like in it, it's almost like it's built into a mountain kind of thing. But it goes so far as to talk about doorknobs, like external doorknobs. What? An external doorknob. It's a hole is in the heated. door. It's heated, and it's a hole in the door, and the metal that connects it brings that heat into the <sighs> house. And so, in an envelope home, not acceptable because that's. Adding door is a traitor. External heat. It's a it's a leak source for heat getting into wow. the home or vice versa, cold air getting out, right? It it's go Adam Carolla, who I, I used to listen to his podcast all the time, hit this whole diatribe that he wanted to make an envelope home. And then just the logistics and the absolute intensity that it would go down to was just too stifling. Much. Stifling. Yeah, too yeah, much. yeah. It came too much. Yeah. Uh, use your car, hop in your car, turn on the air conditioning. If it's like you, it's gotten too hot. If you. you're going to die. Yeah. Turn, get in your get car it, and turn yeah. the air conditioning on. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, theme parks have these fan water spritzers and I talked, go to six <laughs> talked about, <laughs> but you, you usually go and buy them at like Walmart before you go to a theme park on a hot day and you carry it with you so you can spritz yourself, right? And it's amazing how cooling just water and a, a fan can do. Like, you know, so. <laughs> Hand crank fans, of course. That's... Hand crank, Leia, could, yeah. we, could we potentially use batteries? <laughs> I mean. They must be hand cranked? 
I mean, there are hand cranked fans, is what I'm saying. There are, but when you awesome. potentially have a heat issue, should you be building up your? It's not it's a personal hand crank fan. It's like a, a little, personal hand crank fan. Yeah, I gave them out one uh, one of Ben's birthdays because his birthday is in September. And could, could we just super... use batteries though? Uh, yeah, of course you can. Okay, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you for that. That's you're so welcome. I've given you permission for that. So uh, this article that was linked is from Heat Map, and. Uh, apparently, a there was a two-day citywide blackout in Phoenix during a heat wave that was estimated to leave like half the population, so almost 800,000 people, requiring emergency medical attention what? in an area that only had 3,000 beds. And half the, of the people in how big was the town? It's Phoenix, Arizona. Half of the people required emergency. No, they, they were estimating. Because, like, they did research on what happens in a power outage, heat wave. Oh, they're doing a lot is what you're saying. Yeah. And so with only 3,000 beds available, which is, I mean, we saw this during the panoramic, right? There's The beds are a serious. (laughs) Where you put the sick people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Becomes a problem. So they estimated that almost 13,000 people could die. In a situation like that, which is more than uh, nine Hurricane Katrinas. Isn't that? that Yeah, no, heat waves are no joke. Yeah. Uh, So two thirds. Look up the death rates in France during a heat wave. They're staggering. Oh, so sad. Two thirds of North America is at risk of energy shortfalls this summer during periods of extreme demand. Uh, I guess 11 million people were without power following a uh, grid failure in Texas in 2021. Yeah, we know about so that. So that's... Uh, that's like the reverse, though. That was cold. No, heat wave. Oh, God. They get hit twice. That's terrible. Weather's scary. So <laughs> <laughs> that's... <laughs> that's why we live in California, everybody. Well, I mean, California has some pretty bad heat waves. Oh, too. yeah, Leah. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Like we don't have. Stop. It's ninety right now. It's stop. ninety. Well, it's You're because we're supposed to have a um, a, heat a, a late is, summer. A heat wave is gonna like is well over one hundred degrees. So they're you know they're not just expecting that there's going to be capacity issues, but also the cyber attacks that will take down the grid. Because uh, like literally, if you were going to be a cyber terrorist, the best time to target these these communities out of all the things that you could have said Mm -hmm. like you know during a heat wave the thing i worry about the most after the heat wave could have been like mosquitoes flash floods wildfires cyber attacks you're like no the internet no cyber attacks on the like southern california edison the power companies i i know what you meant but i just did not expect that to be the next thing i need to worry about (laughs) Like, so no, the power's out. How do I work my VPN? <laughs> the cyber attack is coming. Uh, so they I've obviously got regular old internet. That's they're, they're vulnerable. <laughs> so the uh, this recommendation is obviously for emergency preparedness kits. Sure, uh, taking inventory of essential electrical needs like 
what you like absolutely your v- like your VPN. You right. can't not have a VPN in times of a, a <laughs> medical devices, uh, phones, fans. Right. The, uh, the big thing to keep in mind is anybody who has a medical thing or need that is powered by power, like that is powered. So a sleep apnea device, any cooling that is used for medications super important to keep in mind you are the people that yes you you likely need to have a generator you likely need to be ready with this type of stuff for sure the other thing that you should find out from your local community is whether or not there are cooling centers available because we call those pools sure pools are fine too and malls pools and malls well our, our city has actual cooling centers where we have a mall it's amazing people can go without having to be enticed by an auntie Anne's pretzel (laughs) you just go they cool the room you go there to sit out the heat okay now i'm fascinated i actually want to go to one of these let's do it we should we you know we should make an entirely new youtube channel that's just around reviewing cooling rooms some of them might give you refreshments. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Eight out of ten would cool again. <laughs> so the uh, the interesting thing that uh, was mentioned is the fact that there are some medications that can cause oh, yeah. you to be more vulnerable to the sure. heat. So you know, look into your medications if you're taking any regularly to find out whether or not maybe in a heat wave or uh, you know, and power outage situation, uh, maybe that is not a medication you absolutely need to take during that span of time, right? Yeah. Some medications you absolutely have to take every day, uh, undoubtedly. Some you can probably put on hold without much damage to your system. I that's no that's that's medical advice. Yeah, definitely. We're passing that on. Yeah, talk no, with your doctor. Yeah, talk to so your heat doctor. wave. Can I like not take this? That's a fair question for your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm joking, but that's that's true. Yeah. All right. So, uh that's the preparedness corner. Well, thank you very much. So the show topic. All right. So today's is discussion for today is go on to the show. Right. The, show topic the, the topic of today's show is gentlemen. Let's get down to business. Leia, that's me. big show topic for you. That's me. This is this has got your name written all over it because of what we're going to talk about today. So the AWRL dropped a news item on the 11th this month that says commercial interests petition FCC for high power allocation of shortwave spectrum. Oh. Shortwave spectrum is HF, basically what we're saying. So here's their article. I'm going to read it. The ad hoc group Shortwave Modernization Coalition petitioned the Federal Communication Commission to allow data communications on multiple bands within the HF2 through 25 megahertz range with up to up to two kilowatts include uh with up to yeah kilowatts including in bands including in bands immediately adjacent to spectrum allocated to the amateur radio service this group appears to represent here we go leo high speed stock trading interests uh, high speed stock like mm-hmm like crypto is it Robinhood? no, no. <laughs> is it Robinhood? it's not Robinhood. 
The FCC has assigned it RM11953. Comments are due by July 31st and reply comments by August 15th. While the petitioners exclude the amateur bands, high power operations on immediately adjacent bands are proposed. <coughs> ARRL, the National Association of Amateur Radio, is reviewing the petition. A copy of the petition is at, and I have that opened up. So I'm going to read through the introduction of the summary, and then we're going to walk through a couple of data points. But I got to get this out of the way first before you and I can kind of banter a little bit here. So here's the introduction and summary, or introduction and summary. This is from the people that are proposing the petition. Through extensive independent research and technological experimentation over the past several years, the SMC member firms that, among other activities, serve as market makers and liquidity providers for exchange-traded financial instruments have confirmed that frequencies in the under-licensed 25 through 25 megahertz bands are the optimal medium for fixed long-distance transmission of time-sensitive data. The what? S We're going to get there. The SMC members also have concluded as a result of these activities that is technologically, technologically feasible for their proposed Part 90 20 or 2 through 25 megahertz band operations to coexist with other 2 through 25 megahertz band licensees and with each other. The technical study detailed in the coexistence report submitted herein supports this conclusion. Leia. All right. What do you think they're trying to do here? Okay. So SMC is mm -hmm. made up of DRW. Oh, you already started games. looking this up. Okay. Um, which is a related entity to the licensee Skycast Services, mm -hmm. IMC Trading, Toggle Communications, RCA Telecom, Jump Trading Group, Virtu Financial. This. What do you think they're trying to do, Leah? It's very clear what they're trying to do, I think. Trying to do. Whether they can achieve it or not is... is irrelevant to the to what they're attempting it's not true it's not crypto it's not crypto they want to create a method of transferring financial data that doesn't rely on the internet uh that's true so the stock exchange right the information of changes within mm -hmm. the stock exchange has a certain requirement of speed, mm -hmm. right? There is uh, a, an upper limit threshold, but there's technically no lower limit threshold to how fast you can document how fast trades are going through. Okay. So their hypothetical goal is to beat the fraction, the milliseconds of trading information so that they can provide a service as the fastest update to the stock exchange at any one particular time. Hypothetically, because so many trades are done with AI now, this, oh. you see where this is going? If you give a three millisecond improvement upon what the stock exchange is showing about trades that are going through, and you pump that into AI that also works very quickly, there is actually a financial value associated with that. Wow. Isn't that crazy? 
So their goal here, and I'm going to pause to find the exact frequency spaces that they're looking for. So the frequencies that they're targeting or the frequency areas with a pretty wide bandwidth is 4.9 megahertz, which is lower frequency than 80 meters, 10.2, which is close to 30. 14.9 megahertz is extremely close to the upper edge of 20 meters. 19 is kind of 19.9 is close to uh, 17. And then 24.8 is almost directly on the edge of the 12 meter band. These are all ham radio bands and I'm comparing to their proposed frequencies. So what they're proposing to do, and Leia, in, while we were on pause, mention that guy again. What, what did he do? What did he see that kind of came up with this idea in his head? So you know what's strange? Mm-hmm. This is uh, my interpretation of this wasn't correct. So there's an article that dates all the way back to June 2018. Okay. About Wall Street trying to make shortwave radio into high to make high frequency trades across the Atlantic. So. Well, yeah, they'd love to do that. Yeah. But since 2018. And so this software engineer um, named Bob Van Valza, uh, he's he considers himself a latency buster. So he is located in uh, West Chicago. And he stumbled upon an odd-looking cell tower mm -hmm. and, after much, much investigation, concluded that the giant antennas sprouting out from it were sending signals about the goings-on at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange to trading centers in Europe. Mm -hmm. So the license for that tower uh, was awarded to IMC. BV, a technology-driven tri trading firm that invested in McKay Brothers. And if you... Yeah, and I will add as, as we go along, right? So we opened with the information of trades. That's one thing. But there's also the trades themselves, which is what, you know, ultimately they're trying to do. They want to have these cell phone towers, if you will, that would be able to work shortwave bands and do cross-continental and from east coast to west coast type of trades and so he says that there are three different companies that have built multi-billion dollar cornfields um near in the agricultural lands near oh, sure. chicago yeah with giant shortwave antennas and so he kind of suggested back then to get a spectrum analyzer and put up a pup tent next to one of those antennas to figure out what uh, frequencies they were using. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. But, I mean, this is – the thing that really confuses me the most mm -hmm. is it's not like the long-distance communication. Like, we're talking about the East Coast to Europe. Mm -hmm. How could it be that reliable? at the speed of close to the speed of light hypothetically through through medium through the air but that's going to slow it down some hmm so i i don't know again they're, they're always trying to like improve things just by an a millisecond sometimes even less than that with a trade that that's what they're trying to do they're trying to make the most high speed low drag way of doing a trade or providing information on trades Right. Sure. And that's that's their their goal that they're looking for. So when when this was posted, 
um, there was a couple of YouTubers that have made videos on it, Jim being one of them, uh, Your Ham Radio Elmer, uh, north in Northern California. And he, he made, I think, what was, you know, just an honest, like, hey, I don't really understand all of this. Somebody needs to look into this, you know, video. But as a byproduct of that, people started to, like, freak out. So we are now in a situation of, like, hams are looking at this, and they're looking at the close proximity of those frequencies and the considerable power of their transmitters, you know, uh, 20 kilowatts, I think, and I'm not looking exactly at that, that part of the PDF right now, but, like, a pretty decent amount of power. So everybody's going, oh, my gosh, you know, what's that going to do to ham radio? I can't imagine it's good. So it, it like all ham radio questions, it, it depends. The answer is it depends. The reality is, is if you happen to have a station in a pup tent that's by this cornfield, then, yeah, you're going to you're going to get some, some bleed over, particularly depending on the radio you're using. Yeah, you, you will definitely be affected by it. At the same time, for most people, we already live in a frequency. Our electromagnetic spectrum is saturated with big data like this. We have big data from the military. I mean, they're already doing this. Correct. Yeah. So there are already companies that are doing things like this. We already live in a world where the military is doing this. And you better believe that they do not have the restrictions that these companies are under. Plus, we also share some of those bands with the military, or we're closely adjacent to those bands. The reality is, is that I have a very staunch, and this is probably the American in me coming out, get off my lawn mentality when it comes to the frequencies. Like, I don't want you to be adjacent to me. I don't want you to be next to me. I don't want to share the frequency space with you. That would be my preference. That's my preference. The reality is, is that for most people, it's, it's probably not that big a deal. It, it's probably not. Should we all be very considerate of it and and follow this whole discussion and wait for the whatever the AWRL is going to hey, do? You got to fight it. Abs well, hold on. I don't know that we need to yet. I think we need better understanding of, of what it is. Now, also, I think that you now have very big dollars that is willing to pay the FCC. Yeah, one of the back very yeah. a, a a lot of money for frequency allocations yeah. and. Do you think the FCC doesn't like money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, <laughs> Jim, Jim made that point. And, and one of the backing entities is Saudi Arabia that, that's yeah. backing this effort. So no, I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying uh let's be skeptical of all this. Yeah, totally. We should we should be. The reality is at a technological level, I, I don't see the the freak out point yet. I'm I'm skeptical of what they're saying. I'm skeptical of what they think they're going to do. And I'm skeptical of the long-term impacts because let, let's assume, hypothetically, let's assume they put this into practice and they and they establish these towers and radio systems and all that fun stuff. Over time, we know from being hams that radio equipment degrades, connectors degrade, things have to be repaired, maintained, worked on all the time. And when they degrade, that's when they cause the most amount of interference. That's where they cause the deleterious effects of, you know, everybody else on the bands. That's when they can cause a spurious emission situation where you're now transmitting outside of band spaces that you should be in. These are FCC violations. This is the reason why we talk about handheld radios and we test them among HF radios and whatnot. So, so that's, a, that's, a real, that's a real truism. 
But that is the same effect that we would assume with any person that uses the frequency spaces that are already allocated to do so, right? Yes. So everybody has to be good, good custodians of the bands. We have our band, band allocations. I believe we, we do our best to be good custodians. Uh-oh. Well, that, that pause there was for Leia uh, doing a little bit of internet sleuthing. Found a PowerPoint presentation that was created by Bob Van, what'd you call him, Valza? Yeah. On shortwave trading dated in 2018. And it's, it's quite an interesting... Uh, it's pictures of it's his all entire pictures investigation. With a couple of, of uh, copies on top of it. But what's really interesting is that they're trying to do data, right? They're trying to push data over over the HF bands, and what they're what they're looking at. And I I don't know that this is, I don't know if this is exactly cutting edge at the time, but this is 2018. They're looking at a USRPX series or X300 SDR, and it's advertising itself as an FPGA, which is totally true, and a 10 gig E and PCIe bus. So again, they're looking for they're looking to push as much data as they can, and they need to do that over HF. So that would require really big bandwidth, and that's what they're really aiming to do. And the point is, is that they're trying to go from they're trying to go from Chicago to the UK to get into the UK. That's that's the point of a lot of this. It's I may have to make a video on this, but I find a lot of this fascinating because they're kind of like. It's almost like they're doing they're they're doing the stuff that radio amateurs do just to make a contact with somebody in a foreign land. But mm -hmm. and and probably spending way more money, by the way, ham radio operators. But they're doing it in, in, for the effort of millions of dollars of transaction costs, right? Is what they're looking for. But that's the exact reason for concern. Right, right, right. So I'm not saying I'm not saying don't be skeptical, Leah. I'm not saying don't be skeptical. So here's the interesting thing. There's a table and they're comparing. So by the way, microwave and millimeter wave radios have been used for tradings for, for a while. Fiber has been used. You know, that's, that's yes, the, the data course, implement yeah. through, through over the internet, you know, terrestrial lines. Right. And he has this table that compares them to reach, reliability, bandwidth, latency, and maturity. So let, let's just take a look at fiber. The reach for fiber is around the world, so long as there's a line. Reliability is essentially perfect, so long as the line is intact. Bandwidth is going to be 10 uh, GBPS, right? So gigabits per second. Latency is 1.5 times radio. Wow. Right? So it's slower. Yeah. And the maturity is off the shelf. You can go buy off the shelf equipment. You can use computers that work on the internet. You're good to go. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip microwave and millimeter wave because I, I don't think it's the point of this, right? We're obviously talking about HF. But here's high frequency, shortwave. The reach is around the world. The reliability is low. The bandwidth is a few kbps. Think dial-up. This is his own comments. The latency is radio, so it gets green for that because it's faster than fiber. And the maturity is you got to do it yourself, and he puts four dollar signs on it. And he has a stinger at the end, which that's what we call a uh, a takeaway box or something like that at the bottom of a PowerPoint. Shortwave has the reach of fiber and the latency of microwave, but is unreliable, expensive, and has the bandwidth of dial-up. 
So this is where he starts talking about, well, what if you just like fired two bullets from two guns? Mm -hmm. And so now what if you split your data because it's a little bit less bandwidth over multiple antenna systems, mm -hmm. multiple radios, multiple transmitters, you know, that kind of whole thing. You know, and and this is quite an interesting uh, find here, Leia, that you've made. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. I am good at interneting. So it, it turns out that there looks to be, yeah, there's a couple of, yeah, he's focusing now on the station that looks like they have stacked, wow, it's a quad stack of log periodic antennas that are doing uh, shortwave trading experimental shortwave sites within 100 miles of cme i'm guessing cme is chicago nine hits two of those bogus four four have no shortwave antennas i stumbled onto one but there are two sites left so in wanata now i'm the one that's pronouncing the names poorly indiana uh -huh. uh, he found one of these sites really interesting this guy is this guy's no joke i bet he gets I, I bet you may, he makes pretty good money doing what he's doing. This is fascinating. I, I am going to relish looking at this. Yeah, and then he found another one in Elburn, Illinois, with a shortwave stacked curtain log periodic antennas. Eight, 808 kilowatt shortwave power. Where do the antennas point? The FCC database says the shortwave heading is 48 degrees. The beam width covers both London and Frankfurt because of the geographic location and how they're pointing the antennas. Wow. So are we already doing this? Yeah. What are they looking for? They're looking to unify this and get some more band access. That's really what they're doing. But that's bad news. Um, it, if they're already doing it and they're at the point where they need more band access, it's literally only been since, what, 2018? When that, when that PowerPoint was created. Right. So, the, oh gosh, I, I, I hate to be... No, okay, so there are new antennas up. Those are up since That's late 2017. Location. That's a different location. There's multiple locations that are on And that. some of these appear to be maybe decommissioned cell towers. No, it, it's the big antennas with the, with the horizontal pieces you're looking for. That's the shortwave stuff. Well, no, he's, he's detailed the, that one uh, antenna that he found. He found out it was constructed oh, one, yeah. in 2006 mm -hmm. and it was previously a U.S. cellular tower that I think they repurposed for. And the FCC said you don't have lawful ability to have. That's what that FCC posting was to tell them that they don't have the lawful ability to use that uh, that antenna site anymore. Mm -hmm. I so I, I know I know that the initial the initial knee jerk reaction is that we've got to like fight it. We've got to fight it. We've got to get in Why there. Why would you stop. not fight it? Because, again, the electromagnetic spectrum is finite. There's only so many places. That's the exact reason you should fight it. you got to defend but your bands. I'm not saying don't, you know, I'm not saying let's not stop saying get off my lawn. I'm still holding that position. But what I guess I'm saying is that we need to better understand how much of the impact might actually be there. It's possible that there. When you find out, it will be too late. I, I get that, but that's so. All right, you're also running under the assumption that this is like a false dilemma situation. That if we don't immediately do something, we will not be able to do anything. Their request for a petition is not. Then the FCC immediately goes, "Okay, we're going to do it right now." That's not how this works. The FCC then 
allows for a study period to go into place where it's practiced. There, there is an example that gets set up. And See, during the, that time, the thing is that this process on the other side mm-hmm. of a financial firm going after these, they are the lobbyists are already working. Sure. So why would you not mobilize on the other side? I'm not to saying start not, I'm not saying not to. Again, let me talk through what the process is. Sure. OK, you're you're already going through for blood here. Right, you're, go for the jugular. You, you, I, you kill them before they can I, attack you. I know you. who to go out. I know who to pick <laughs> if I need to lobby for. Well, we already. I let you lobby for the family. You're already the one that does all that stuff. Because I, I just don't care. The, the, the reality though is that it, it doesn't just get implemented at, at the, you know, the eleventh hour of July or whatever the seventeenth is or whatever that day was in August. No, they. Get people get to provide their feedback, their immediate feedback, right? That's that's an immediate feedback written in reply to the PDF that was created. If the FCC then says, "Okay, we're gonna try and we're gonna try this out," it usually exists in the form of a study. That is that study could be a location they allow to be set up to try this kind of stuff, they, and then but they have already been trying it, so they no 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 they, no, no 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 no. They're this is a proposal. I know, but they've already been doing it on uh, since 2018 at the very least. But that that's a very singular entity, right? What they're proposing is countrywide FCC Part 90 changing of frequency allocations for the entire country. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about a cornfield in Illinois, that's different from potentially a telephone pole on the or, or uh, an antenna on the top of a building in LA County, right? That's what they're they're talking about, right? So while while they're they're now they've opened themselves up to this in- attention that they're inevitably going to get. You you dove in on this and you found a bunch of stuff already with like five minutes worth of Googling. Mm-hmm. The byproduct of this is that they've brought themselves in the light, and the process is that now they have to demonstrate their claims. So their PDF is stating things about their ability to avoid interfering with other users in other services. All those things don't, we still need to verify that with any claims that people make for access to frequencies. We can't just have a, a closed door policy on all of this. There's there's nothing wrong with people using adjacent frequencies so much so that they're good, you know, stewards of those frequencies, but right? Now they're coming for your frequencies. I, I know. See, that's, this is this is the slippery slope fallacies that I that I hate so much is that yeah we can always find the next boogeyman in the boogeyman that's right in front of us or we could just approach it logically with intent with the technology and understanding we have. What, to... Wait, what are you doing? Are you working for these financial companies? No, right I'm now? not. <laughs> See, and, then it, and, it, and it's really easy to shout people like the the point I'm making down too when I say let's keep an let let's keep a, a a sane opinion an objective mind about this and just look at the information is that is that what you say to like robbers who come into your home let's no of course not that's like an immediacy of violence let's see what no because they're, they're already committed here a crime in our home like <laughs> no that's not that's not that's not that the analogy would be like if um if we were living in our house and the half a block down the street where that field is that nobody's doing anything on they built something. Well, they can say all they want about what they're going to build, but until we actually see the plans 
have a demonstration of what may be going up, we can't really talk about it. We can just pull out the pitchforks and you know the the torches and be like, mm. not in my empty field. That's, that's not exactly being used what for happened. Anything. That's that's what exa- happens all the time in our city. I get that, and, and but you know what? That's not very objective. And that is literally the reason. And, and it, what you've given me is a very bad example, because in every instance in which the neighborhood has been ex- extremely proactive about what is potentially getting built the neighborhoods the citizens got these things squashed so early on that it wasn't even an option anymore okay that's like a one step to implementation that's not what we're that's not what they're talking about with the fcc the fcc has this process where they give the pdf and they say, hey, we'd like to explore this. And the FCC goes, okay, you may explore for this period of time. We are giving you one plot of land for you to explore. Go ahead. And then after the exploration, then we discuss. And the adjacent users of those frequency spaces get to air grievances. I'm aggrieved already. And if during <laughs> and yes, I get that. And if during the experimentation we are already aggrieved, like in a gross negligence point of view, then it can be raised basically saying, no, these guys are already in violation. Like they're already way out of line, way out of bed. We're super we're super interfered with. We've been interfered. Oh, you have so much trust. That I have the no FCC trust. wants to protect ham radio bands. I have no it's trust. De- it's Delulu. I have no trust. <laughs> I have no trust other than like if all you do is run around saying no, then your voice means nothing because they already know that they're going to have to fight you every step of the way. Not even the the business facing side but the fcc side you have to at least play the game of willing to meet them to the point that we see their information and then knock it down why why do you have to be willing that's what is no no you don't you don't have to be willing to hear them out for anything i feel like i feel like you (laughs) i feel like we come to we come from different worlds like (laughs) i come from the world of where I want people to buy the thing that I'm selling, like this large thing, like a proposal, if you will. You've also been in that world, but like our customers are different. I I just uh, uh, no. I mean, I've I've worked with more than enough uh, government customers. Right. Okay. So if you spend your time constantly fighting the process, constantly fighting the process, then you're always gonna be this entity that nobody wants to work with sure right which could be fine most of the time right but then somebody's going to come up with a way that's smarter flashier whatever to just get around you or do you know whatever or purposely avoid you Mm. right we have a process that exists right now that the fcc has defined i'm not saying the arrl shouldn't come out with a uh, strongly worded this report. Is, this is where we differ. Yes, okay. You see this as you trying to sell the FCC. I'm not trying to uh, sell them on anything. No, no, no. no. You know, then you don't understand where I'm coming from. Okay. I see this as just as your analogy. There's a, there is a government entity yeah. that can make decisions on something that impacts multiple people. Yes. Right. And 
so it is uh, up to a, I guess the lobbyist or in this case, the ARRL to go forth and make sure right in the planning stages that they're saying these these bands, mm -hmm. these things that we use, they are not for you. No, sure. No, but, but okay, that's not even on the table. Their PDF is not proposing taking the amateur radio bands. And they go to specific links to say, not only are we not trying to go after those frequencies, we are not going to interfere with those frequencies. And so if I, so if they propose a PDF that says, look, I'm not going to interfere with your frequencies. I don't want your frequencies. I'm not coming for your frequencies. That's their opening position. And if I come back and say, well, you can't touch my frequencies. And they go, well, didn't you read the PDF? I already said I'm not coming for your frequencies. Well, you can't interfere with my frequencies. Well, didn't you read the PDF? I already said I'm not going to interfere with your frequencies. This is just how it would go down if there was like an open debate in the FCC floor, right? That's just the reality of it. They're, somebody's going to just talk to the PDF, right? Mm -hmm. ARRL is going to have to say, sure, put, put the lobbying arm of the ARRL out there, all $9,000 of it, whatever, 90000 right? Is that what we found out? They they put their they put the money out there for lobbying. What does that look like? It looks like going after Congress people, people in the FCC to talk with them, better understand or to better reiterate the importance of amateur radio and protecting yes. the bands and all that stuff. I'm not detracting from any of that. And you know what the real power of the ARRL lobbyists are, since there's no money being made on ham radio operators, really. STEM education, the future, no. science, votes. The very sure, high voting percentage mm -hmm. that I I bet if we took a poll right now, I almost want to create a Google form for people to fill out. <laughs> oh, the ARRL did this, by the way. They had a survey. How many mm -hmm. licensed amateur radio operators go and vote? And I would bet it oh, would be like, one of oh. the highest percentages of any population, mm -hmm. any demographic yeah. in the country. Correct, but we're like 700,000 distributed across a huge land, right? Is that how many is in the U.S.? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a huge number, right? Oh, All things considered. Statistically, we don't make up that large of a, of a group. So in reality, mm -hmm. as, as much as we talk about like, oh, you know, uh, your focus should be to protect ham radio, get on the air, blah, blah, blah. No, it's recruit more hams. Yes. Well, I mean, th yes, we, we agree completely. Okay. Everything you said, I don't disagree with, nor am I, nor was I detracting from that point, right? The, the, the problem, though, is that's just posturing. No matter what you do, that's all just posturing, right? FCC is going to see dollar signs on this one. We already understand that. They're going to say, yeah, here's your exploratory blah, blah, blah. That's when the real work has to happen. Until we actually have definitive evidence that yes this is an interference causer and yes we need to hear from all the hams that potentially have a problem and yes the ARRL is the right people to air these grievances with because they're going to keep records on that kind of stuff i can only do so much other than to provide information back to the ARRL which i have done in some situations but but the the reality is is there is a process the fcc has a process this is not this point is not the doomsday for ham radio. It is merely working through the process. It is people asking, hey, I notice you're not using this frequencies. Why don't I give you a boatload of money 
to figure out if we can use those frequencies. And the FCC is going to go, are you kidding me? A boatload of money? That's my favorite kind of boatload. <laughs> and so it's going to happen in that sense. If, if the powers that be are at play, which we kind of we're, we're jaded human beings at this point. So then, yeah, we're going to go like, yeah, sure. The FCC is going to take the bait and they're going to go with this. That's when the real work begins. We can we can rattle the sabers and do all that kind of stuff, but there's there's not much effectivity that we have to complain about a boatload of money versus a perceived boogeyman that we haven't definitized yet. We have to have real evidence to be able to go back and say, yeah, no, I, I appreciate what they're trying to do, but at the same time, here is this these reams of papers that I've brought of reports of people that have been interfered with by these people. Right. So until you have that, you don't have a leg to stand on. Oh, but in reality, in reality, because we know that this has been happening since 2018 or before. Sure. And and there's good investigation work that could be done by the ARRL. There there could very well be a large number of calling all Chicago based hams. Well, I mean, we could just look that up in the FCC database of who's adjacent and if they're on the air. Well, it's more a question of are they able to show that even in the given uh, frequency allocation that they had for whatever antenna, right, that they were using, mm -hmm. was there already interference? Correct. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's doable now. The, the, that's the what I'm saying. Yeah. to be doing this. Yes, agreed. So I guess it's time for us to find out whether or not the ARRL is earning their dues. I mean, this is... So I, I hinted to that earlier. The ARRL did a survey recently talking about a potential rate hike. They're, they're, they're thinking about increasing membership dues. Sure. And one of the questions that came out is like, what is the quote unquote, you know, what's the aspect of the ARRL you think is like the most important? And I'm, I'm probably butchering this question. But the result was uh, spectrum defense. Yeah. That's the lobbying arm of the ARRL, yeah. which no and, surprise. And Nobody's they were like, surprised oh, wait, I didn't know that that's what we were supposed to be doing. That's <laughs> this is surprising. We were going to offer this as a new service. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I'm not in full panic mode. I am still get off my lawn mode about this. I, I think that that's an that's always an appropriate defense. That's See, here's here's the thing: you yeah. are a level-headed person, thank right? Th thank you. High compliments. Um, high compliments. That's but the reality is, and in terms of motivating people to act, mm -hmm. right? I'm not, but I'm not at that point yet. You, you are. You are asking people to start compiling the information on. Because the ARRL is not going to do no. this on their own. Well, okay. This okay. is this is going to actually take a lot of hams oh, in the man. areas of the existing antennas to start it, volunteering information. So, the, so this is. Let me just say to your podcast listener, this is exactly why I love my my wife so much, and we get along so well. It's because she does challenge me because I make statements very quickly, and then I am forced to uh, recant. No, no, I'm recant. <laughs> I'm forced to provide more context. I am doing a call to action to a tactical group of people. 
I don't know who those people necessarily are, but I'm assuming that they're in the ARRL. There's some of this that I can do. In fact, I can make some phone calls and emails at this point. There's enough information we have here that we can probably actually find out some stuff, which would be really fun to make a video out of. The, the call to arms, as I said, is not the call to action that I'm talking about. A call to arms is when after, let's say, this study happens and we need people to mobilize and reply to the FCC and talk about why this is bad for the adjacent frequency holders like the like the ham radio operators that is a call to arms that is me saying everybody listening get up i need you to do something i need you to get up and then immediately go sit back down and send it <laughs> right like th that kind of stuff right like that is a call that is a call to arms a call to action in this case is having the right people that have the right information and honestly, a lot of information that you found tonight, which is kind of wild, I'm actually going to use some of this. Um, that should I am be now a your research assistant should be a tactical study. It's a strategic <laughs> movement, right, for the larger play. Right, right. That that's the point we're at right now, from my yes. point of view. Okay, I'm not I'm not saying don't do anything. If that's what you think I meant, yeah, no time that's what I, I think that. that you meant. No, I for everybody listening, there's nothing for most people to do anything about right now. There's sure, other, there is. There is other a, than tell the ARRL, like get in on this. There is like, a, that's fine. A, there is an email writing campaign to every ham radio uh, operator that you can find on QRZ that lives in the Chicago area within a certain that's, radius. That's insane. Of See, these antennas, no. <laughs> <laughs> You said to in discuss. the Chicago, like, yeah, I got, I got interference every time my wife turns on the microwave. It's the stock traders. Get up. They're using the microwaves. No, th that's what I'm saying. Right? No it, way it, to it, prove it wasn't. Do you want to walk in? <laughs> do you want to walk into a discussion with the FCC? And, and, on, uh, let's see here. Item 55, we have uh, Peters Johnson from uh, downtown Chicago says, Every time his wife turns on the microwave, HF frequencies go bad. <laughs> and you're alleging the stock traders did this? You know, like you can't, like you lose all credibility, right? There's a technological level that you have to attain to when you have these kind of discussions because they're going to use that against you. They're going to use it against sure. you, right? Yeah. So there's a balancing here. And and we are at the, the, the fulcrum is very wide. Ah, see what I did there? Mm. See what I did? That was, yeah, you like mm. that? You like that? It was okay. <laughs> uh, well good talk good talk everybody. appreciate you what's happening the staircase has changed remember let's go this way before the staircase moves again Welcome to the email correspondence tower. On the left there, there is the physical mail depot. No mail today, although I did go to the P.O. box. Ronald Beavers had a, a, a letter, which is always fun. I wish Ronald Beaver fun. was getting Cougar's Gold some more. Always fun to throw that, push that right through <laughs> back. And I, I still don't know how we get in trouble when you have something with your name on it. Yeah. I get all kinds of flack. Like, oh, you got to, you're not in the name, not in the name. I'm like, Ronald Beavers has not in, been on the name of this P.O. box for over five years. <laughs> like, let it go. 
do you have a thing with Ronald B? Are you waiting for him to return? Like, <laughs> what is happening, lady that runs the P.O. Box Center? Very frustrating. I did get a bunch of QSL cards, so thank you, everybody. I, I do appreciate it. I still, I still got to do like a video where we show off some QSL cards. Sweet QSL cards. Dude, people... People are always surprising me every time I get a different QSL card. I love the 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 creativity that people put into their QSL cards. And if you if you'd like a QSL card, you know what you, you should do is you, you should make an annual QSL card. So like every year you have a different QSL card. That is and like insane. if people I hate make that. contact with I'm you every year, they could have a collection of QSL cards that are just oh more and God. more outlandish. One oh. of my favorite things oh. ever. <laughs> Getting so much anxiety. <laughs> One of my favorite things ever is uh, my friend CJ. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he puts together banners, mm -hmm. right? Just this is before all of the photo uh, Photoshop derivatives are like became so like easily available. We had to work for our Photoshop. No, it was like MS Paint or something. Oh my god! <laughs> but it was like there was like a unicorn in the hallowed days of early memes, <laughs> oh my, I, prehistoric I wonder, memes. Oh, I wonder if he still has it open. Oh my gosh, I have to show it to you. But there was like, oh my god, oh, what's oh, happening? TikTok oh, no. is happening. Oh, no. Live TikTok, everybody. But he, oh no, he's got a normal banner now. But he, it used to be like. Oh, I re, on his Facebook? Yeah. The Facebook banner. Yes, I remember this. I remember this. And he would, there was like you a said unicorn. banner, and I'm like, are we talking dot matrix printer <laughs> banner? What are we talking about? And then, uh, and then a rainbow. And then it would say in this worst font ever, like, something about, that CJ guy is awesome. And just the most outland. I think once there was a guy vomiting in the top corner. was it him. It was. I, I love the, I love the understanding how it works. Like this was the, again, this is the MySpace generation talking right now. <laughs> All you, all you zennials don't understand this, but you had to understand like CSS. Like you had to know oh, yeah. how to code oh, yeah. your MySpace page yes. to do all that to fun. play music. Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah. and you know how we learned music. that through Asian Avenue. <laughs> no, was... I didn't learn it from that. Obvi I did not. Yeah, <laughs> there were multiple avenues, not just the Asian Avenue. No, there's to learn it this one. Way. It's the... it's that avenue. That's yes. the only one. Kind of like Chinatown. All yeah. roads got to go yes, through there. Exactly. Oh man! I can't wait to go to Chinatown in SF. I, you are so excited about that. Mm -hmm. I am less excited. I'm here for it, <laughs> but not in the like. I'm here for it. Like I'm literally. I have to be there. You do have to be there. Someone has to be there. Yeah, and I am that person. Mm -hmm. Apparently, so should be fun. Yeah, it's gonna in be in the way that I just said it. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to travel everywhere by cable car. I hate already everything. Now I'm very upset. Why? It's like Uber, but it's cable car. <laughs> Called Uber. No, no, it's not even by. You don't call it. You go to meet it at a station. You so regular public transport <laughs> yes. is what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna cable car it everywhere. I am. It's gonna be so fun. 
The kids are gonna, and you know what? I swear, my head is gonna be on a swivel the entire day. You're gonna have to rub my shoulders out from the. The kids are going to like. I know that there's a, a person's experiencing homelessness problem <laughs> in San Francisco. I understand that, but I don't think that the the kids have ever seen something like that. Right, and. I hope that it just makes them more grateful for their suburban bubble. And no offense to any uh, people from Berkeley, mm-hmm. but also discourage them from going to Berkeley. <laughs> That's... Maybe I'll live stream our experiences. <laughs> I don't know yet. Did you know that the reason that I chose not to apply to UC Berkeley was I don't want to go to school where there's just protests every day. <laughs> That's Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was. I think it was a much more conservative teen than I was as a, a now parent. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the physical male deep. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know if you expected all that in the opening. Uh, now we're gonna get a, go ahead and head on over to the voicemail annex. Leia, what if someone wanted to call a phone number? Mm-hmm. And leave us a message. Possibly. Even I do just, love the voicemail. Of course, we love yeah. it possibly even just read their thoughts in voice form that Mm. they could have put in an email. How would they do it? They could call 562-334-2389. Here we go. Hey, guys. This is Doug. Hey, Doug. Uh, Just calling to say howdy and finishing up listening to the June 30th uh, podcast of uh, Field Day Recap. Um, Heard you mention the uh, VE team from HRCC and uh, was me read uh, or read Heather's uh, yes. email <laughs> and uh, just want to say yeah Heather's great Heather's uh, I'm on the VE team awesome. as well and uh, Heather and all the rest of them on the team uh, just want to give accolades to everybody we do our best to get everybody worked in as quickly and easily as possible um, it's a lot of fun especially the uh, after chats after we get done with uh, some of the tests we get to talk to the candidates and the and the folks and stuff and just a lot of fun but i uh, heard you mention heather uh want to say howdy to heather hey and uh yeah it's just really cool it's a, it's a good bunch of folks anybody wanting to get uh tested uh get on discord get with us and we'd be glad to test you i'll take care we'll talk at you later this is doug kb8m i love it uh, hanging out with heather was a lot of fun so yeah. she talked about some of the, you know, the, the background on, you know, there's, there's a lot of thought that goes into the people that they bring on to oh, be absolutely. VEs in comparison to some of the other VE groups. Like I heard some of that background discussion of like, well, this is the HRCC group. And so this has to be a welcoming, yes. you know, individual that we bring on. They do and, such and a great job. Yeah. And Heather's doing, you know, she, uh, among many other people, among yes. many other great people Absolutely. that are doing it. But it was really cool to hear all of that. And We have just, the best VE team, it was, hands it was down. It was so cool. And Heather was the coolest person to travel with, you know, when we we're doing the ham radio activations with the field day and all that. She's like, I'm a seat filler. You know, if you got to get up. I'll jump in your seat. I'll keep the contacts going, all that stuff. She was great. She was totally on board with everything. No complaints out of Heather. And then on the last night, it was so the last night mm-hmm. at the at the the cottages. Um, it it almost turns into Airbnb night, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where there's a 
a list, and this is a list from the Navy. Oh. It's not a list from Joe Airbnb owner. Mm-hmm. This is a list from the Navy, which you're like, oh, we got to... We got to hustle right now. Yes. And Heather and I are like running around doing all this stuff. I was literally fixing vacuums. There was two <laughs> vacuums. I was pulling out You're tools. like, I'm an old hat at this. <laughs> and, and, and what we learned, this is one of my favorite Navy-isms, but it's also just armed forces in general. It's not that when one vacuum breaks, you just fix the old vacuum. No. Why mm-hmm. would we fix it? We'll just buy a new vacuum. So you fixed multiple vacuums? No, 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 no. Oh. So we, we buy a new vacuum, right? Because, mm-hmm. again, cost, all that. Like, we're not going to have a repair crew. Right. right? We'll just buy a new vacuum. They're, they're cheap. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to get rid of the old vacuum. You're just going to put that in front of the working vacuum. <laughs> and then we're going to spend 30 minutes vacuuming the house going, why does it seem like nothing's getting clean right now? Right. And then we discover the the good vacuum <laughs> after Josh tries to fix the bad vacuum. <laughs> and Heather and I are going back and forth like, I don't know, man. It's not working that well. I feel like we're not doing anything here. And she's like, oh, there's another vacuum. And then all of a sudden, problem solved. Everything's getting clean. <laughs> And I'm like, well, so somebody vacuumed it twice. Somebody throw this into the ocean because it's not getting towed away. Like, what's going on here? Uh, yeah, that was that was that was that was funny. That was very funny when that happened. I also want to say that if you are uh, if you have young hams that are looking to get tested, mm-hmm. Heather at the HRCC camp out was so extremely patient with Ben She's and so encouraging yeah. that like her energy kept him studying all weekend <laughs> after we got home he was still studying yes yeah he wanted so badly to test with heather <laughs> and i think he was disappointed that i'm like bud this is a lot of information for you to try to cover with your little mind <laughs> in a couple of days wow an insult on top of injury <laughs> sorry someone with a little mind is not ready for this <laughs> i mean he's He's a young boy. Right. So uh, so really, I I really encourage you to reach out to the HRCCV team, especially if you're trying to get youth on the air and you've got a group of like kids to teens, young adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so great. I cannot uh, praise Heather enough and the, right, uh, the rest of the VE team. I, I mean, agree. When they disappeared uh, in Zoom so that I could take my tech test. (laughs) In the bathroom. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Doug, for your voicemail and uh, for your work as a VE. Yes. Hey, Josh and Leah. It is Tim in Michigan. uh, Hey, Tim. TMI. Hearing your guys' podcast, catching up on some backlog as part of Team 1X. 1X crew. Take a little bit of time to get through Word. stuff, and I was a little busy. Um, there was a old recording. Um, I think it was back in September. You were reviewing the uh, FT-710. Uh, one of the callers called in about a place in Vermont called Charlotte. Well, that is not the only place called Charlotte. Uh, just oh. south of me here in Michigan, there's a place called Charlotte, Michigan. And it's kind of the same thing. Everyone, you know, here on the, the web says, oh, Charlotte. It's like, nope, Charlotte. Now, oh. us locals, speaking of 
kind of in-state trashing. Yes. Called Shartucky <laughs> because Shartucky. it just fits. Sorry for everyone Shartucky. in Kentucky who hears Tucky at the end of their city, but that's just the way it is. So, 73, this is Whiskey 8 Tango Mike India. I feel like every Thank state... You so much, Tim, for your Thank interstate you, shade. I feel like every state has a something Tucky. Don't you oh, think yeah. so? Because yeah. we got fun Tucky. Yeah. There, there's probably a NorCal version of Tucky. Sure. Trucky Tucky. Trucky Tucky? <laughs> That's really good, actually. <laughs> Trucky, I mean, again, we are working on a, a just a complete generalization of what Kentucky actually is, right? You know what? I bet Kentucky is lovely. Not, I've never been they to Kentucky. They have the Derby there. The home of mint juleps cannot be bad. Okay. Oh, there has to be a fancy part. Yeah. Every state also has to have a fancy part. <laughs> they love horses. Big and hats. they make mint juleps. Big hats. How could you go wrong? Exactly. Yeah. Big hats can't lose. <laughs> Big hats can't lose. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Tim. But knowing that big hats are associated with horse racing... Hey, Joshua Land. So this is Patrick, uh, formerly KC3. You Wait a minute. Patrick. The horses aren't wearing hats josh <laughs> all horses wear hats but not big hats <laughs> well if you were to take it off of the horse and stretch it out it is very big actually horses are big animals so it is a big hat has it's anybody like, tried running a kentucky Derby put a fascinator on a horse a big hat <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard on a podcast, big hats can't lose. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the Americans versus the UK. The Americans, big hats versus fascinators. <laughs> I think that should be a race in the Derby. The, they the, they can add a what, that fascinator look like a door knocker. That was like still my favorite. It was all like the pink, all pink fascinator like literally was a huge now i want to make fascinators just and then you got a 3d printer we'll go to the the los alamitos Alamitos. racetrack we'll go to we'll be tilted modelos no what is the um there's a club there that where you have to wear jackets what is it the i don't know we know yeah whatever you you go up the escalator yeah to the club yeah it's one of those places where if you don't come in with a sport coat they give you a sport coat it is that yes. place, which yeah. cracks me up because you go out there, you, you go out to the spots that are specially for them, and they have tiny little <laughs> CRT monitors to watch the race on. And you're like, bro, this is a lot. <laughs> we're just, we're really trying to keep the old technology going. At yeah. <laughs> All right. Vessels Club. Yes. Now, AC3 Kilo Hotel in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So on last week's podcast, um, Leia asked a question about the Amish. Yes, Patrick, I did. Typically, you'll see an Amish using a cell phone. It'll be a flip phone. And um, they, uh, the younger people that do have cell phones will sometimes use a smartphone. But for the most part, you'll see them on a flip phone. Mm, Crickets. Uh, Interesting story Josh mentioned about the uh, phone in the barn. That is correct. Uh, prior to cell oh, okay. phones, um, I had some work done on my house by the Amish. They put a roof on, and I left a message. They had voicemail for the uh, crew leader, the owner of the company, and um, 
she called me back at around nine o'clock and, and I could hear cows <laughs> moon in the background. And then when he came to the house, I asked him, I said, where were you when you called me? And he said that he was in the barn. That's where the phone is. And yep. he was just returning his calls. So yes. Um, now with the advent of technology, uh, obviously they can use cell phones. But they keep the cell phones so in the barn. When they do have a Anything vehicle, a they typically will hire a non-Amish person or a oh. Mennonite to drive the vehicle for the business, oh. and they will um, have them drive the drive the company truck. You know, I heard Mennonites are solid at barn raising too. Though. And uh, yeah, it's very prevalent. A lot of people, a lot of Amish in the construction industry in Lancaster. Partly because land is so expensive, it's very difficult for young people to buy a farm mm-hmm. and start farming. So I hope that answers some of your questions. I'm more than willing to answer any questions. I've lived here now for 30-plus years, and uh, I'm pretty familiar with the uh, Amish communities and the Mennonite communities. Oh, That's fantastic. Thank you. fascinating. Thank you for being our Amish Mennonite expert so that's he, he he mentioned something like a young farm owner owner will turn to the amish to help them build the farm that, that was kind of the implication i got right mm-hmm. from his from his so what's the work quality like for the amish but it's solid well that's what i'm wondering is so why did the young only go for the amish like do not anyone like see the quality of the work and then go that's for me like how much there, barn raising do you think is going on? Well, he mentioned young people specifically. He, that was not my that was not my choice of words. That was just what I focused on. So that's no. He was I'm, saying that a lot of the young Amish get into construction. Oh, the it's young too Amish expensive to buy farms. Oh, because typically, I see. Oh, okay, I a young Amish family settles on. I a thought farm. that was the people that were buying the farm. So then, I guess that's the the greater question. Then is so. Like in your area, Pennsylvania, just do a lot of people like contract out to the Amish for doing this work? And then what's the quality like? Is it good? I'm, I'm assuming it's got to be, it's the best. right? It's the best. I'm assuming. Thank you so much. Uh, so but fascinating. Like, well, they're not of us. We can cheapen uh, out. Matthew, no, I don't think so. Uh, hey, Matthew. Normally, I listen to the podcast while I'm driving around doing work, but I've been having to train somebody new. <laughs> Training And so I haven't had time right? for that. <laughs> and uh, I just say that this Sunday I paired up a digi rig with an FT891 finally and the computer and went out and activated a park on FT8. I had a great time listening nice. to you guys while I was activating FT8. It was uh, made for a very pleasant morning. Well, thanks and, for having us uh, with you. I love that. The other thing was is I called and uh, gave shade on uh, Bullhead City and... Good for you. Josh mentioned Kingman. Well, yeah. Kingman has other things going on besides meth, which would be like domestic terrorism. Oh, my uh, God. That's where they derailed a train and left behind a manifesto. <laughs> what? Oklahoma City bombing. What? Uh, went high because they just blend in there. If that doesn't tell you what? all you need to know about that yeah, place. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Leah, as for uh, Nick, Nick wasn't the only one that uh, was going to donate money. Uh, somebody else had emailed in said they were going to give a hundred bucks as well. But hey, don't worry about it. Twist the twist the twist the knife. Good. Life, <laughs> just because you uh, don't want to study. Just because you don't want to study. He put a word on it. Put multiple words on it. 
Oh my god. I have I have some follow-ups, Matt. <laughs> they are all... Matt also provides follow-ups? Hey, this is Matt again. Good. I think I said Nick. I meant Jake. Yes. Uh, it was Jake, in yeah. fact. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Hey, it's Matt again. Um, I just thought I'm back, back to I, I feel like maybe I came off as kind of a jerk. You did it. Uh, it was fine. It was I funny. Was meaning to be funny. It was yeah, very it was, funny. It was. Yeah. Yeah, and I just want to apologize if it came out wrong. You're good. Uh, I did not mean it in a mean spirited way. I meant it jokingly, and uh, just kind of had a brain fart in how I said it. No, it was hilarious. I meant it in the ham way, <laughs> where it cuts deeply, but it's also like. We totally want you to do this thing. The kids have been deaf like, their whole life. He said, <laughs> "It's not like it's not like when it's not like when you join a trade and the guys are like, oh, he's getting too good too fast in this trade. You gotta kneecap him a little bit.' It's like, no, 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 no. We want to cut you deeply. We want you to feel it, but we totally want you to as commit motivation. to this lifestyle as motivation. That's right. Yes. No, it was well, great, Matt. No, it was, it was hilarious. It was Thank you. Leia is the one that answers that. Yeah. I, I thought it was hilarious. Hey, Josh and Leia, it is Tim from the Mitten with hey, Tim. Tango Mike India. Uh, listen to your Not podcast. Feel about the seven ten, and you guys were asking about pepper jelly, pepper jams with yes. sour or uh, cream cheese. Yeah, that's still a thing here in Michigan. Actually, my wife and I have been searching for better uh, pepper jams to pair with that habanero for and, other and pectin. Um, also, the the Hard Rock 50 amplifier that I had for my 705 is fully integrated and has been working out well. Um, I can highly recommend the Hard Rock 50 if you want to give a little more power to your QRP radios. Yep. Uh, the 705 interface is pretty nice. Uh, again, thank you for all you do. 73. Thank hey, you. Thanks so much, And I appreciate Tim. the recommendation. I, Leia and I overjudge people's spice tolerance. So we're, we're out here saying like, Habanero, all hundred percent habanero. It's being served with cream cheese. I I understand, but even that can be a lot for some people. If you like spicy things, mm-hmm. habaneros are habaneros are an amazing pepper because they're high in a sugar content as well, and they actually have like a sweet flavor. Right? Yes, and they have you, a they have like a a floral fruity flavor to them. They're they're the from my point of view the last pepper on the heat scale mm-hmm. that tastes like really good. Like you could just eat it. Oh yeah. Because Carolina Reapers are just, they're but like all of them, scotch bonnets, scorpions, all of them like turn into the realm of just like pure heat, like angry devil's testicle, angry heat. Right. Yeah. yeah. The habanero is a proper, like could live in nature, not generated in a lab. Mm. a delicious pepper because it it has a sugar content it has a really good flavor profile if you if you take a whole bunch of them and i mean pounds of them chop them all up real fine and hit them with some pectin maybe a little bit of water you can just cook the crap out of them and you don't need to chop them up you don't even need to chop them up Mm-mm. the pectin it all break down in the i mean destem them right yeah but what about the seeds do you have to take the seeds out or no the seeds is where the heat's. Well, I know that's what I would do, but I mean, like, will the pectin break that down too? I mean, if you're going to mill it after, it's probably fine. Like, you can blend. Like, inversion, inversion yeah. blender, yeah. you know? Not inversion blender. Yes. That gets everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> immersion blender. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it, it, Habanero it is, jelly is so good, though. 
Habanero jelly is very good. And for the people who can't handle heat, if they do a little bit with a lot of cream cheese, the cream cheese will take care of most of it. Yes. But there's some people that the, resid- the residual heat is just too much for them. So I don't know. I don't know. I've had a jalapeno mint jelly that was actually pretty good. Oh, that's probably very good. That was uh, Will Beatty's favorite. I bet you could do like a jalapeno cilantro mint jelly. I mean, to some people, that would taste like soap. So Some people. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for those people. Sorry for your defects. Very delicious. (laughs) I apologize for your loss. Dude, cilantro. It'd be good. It'd be good. Not sad or dejected or anything. What's happening here? Uh Uh-oh. Oh. Hello, this is Kilo One <laughs> Mike Alvaro Nathan in You Southern went Vermont. straight to the sad Hey, part. Nathan. Not sad or dejected or anything about uh, Leia's non-gentleness. The pause in your voice is... I, 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 I sounded like I was sad last time or like down or whatever. I was just trying to be quiet because it was late at night and I didn't want to make wake my parents. <laughs> I see. So, okay. Um, that's why I was so quiet and sounded so sad. Um, I also wanted to let you know that a couple of years ago, I I met Russ at a ham fest. Russ from Love Russ um, in Vermont, Maple Russ, if you want to call him, <laughs> a rusty maple. What? I don't know. Hey, Russ. we're open. But a I rusty also, maple. This Sounds past like a cocktail. Weekend, I met. Let's see. Yeah, you guys got that ham fest coming up. K Muzak. K Muzak. Who also is from Vermont. Nice. Lives in Vermont. Um, and his call sign is KN6 MZX. That's it. K Muzak. Yeah, KN6 MZX. And uh, he's called in before and uh, told us about uh, Charlotte, Vermont. Not Charlotte, Charlotte. Oh, look at this and, producing uh, happening. Stuff like that. We were at the same event. Uh, we knew that was going to happen a couple months ahead of time. Um, Non-ham radio related. What? But we, uh, what? We're just learning how to exercise patience. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. So wow. We were, um, there, we met each other. And um, I told him where I was going to be at the event in uh, Albany, New York. And he was also attending. So he said... CQ, CQ. But I had never seen him in person. So that's how he got my attention uh, while I was uh, <laughs> that's working. That's pretty smart, actually. That's the, the ham radio caw caw. That um, is. CQ, and CQ. it was uh, cool. Like we it. talked for a little bit. Um, the event started. And then I, I believe I saw him the next day also when he talked. And he uh, pointed me out to some other people that were also interested in ham radio. And um, he said he forgot to. Uh, he neglected to bring any radio so that we could uh, possibly speak. I had my radio in my car, but, um, like a FT3DR, um, but he didn't bring anything, so it didn't work out. But I had a eyeball QSO with K Music of Northern Vermont, I guess. Okay, <laughs> so I'll just let you know. There you a little go. ham meetup at a non ham radio event. So I'll say 70. Oh, <laughs> that cut off. You know, the best part about exercising patience is it can go two ways. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. Think That's about a, it. 
Thank you so much. Oh, wait, there's more. Oh, he's back. Yeah. 73 from Nate. <laughs> and this is the last voicemail. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, once it gets a going, I guess. <laughs> What's happening? Out in Luke and Bach, Texas. Ain't nobody feeling no pain. Oh, yeah. I'll leave a message. Um, this is Kilo and Mike Alvazulu. I got cut <laughs> off by the repeater. The voicemail thing, it said, goodbye. So I was just going to say 73. Um, thanks for the podcast, as usual. Thanks for and, listening. Uh, I don't know if I'll send you something else. I've been uh, contemplating some songs. Yes. Ooh. Um, but it depends on if I can get some backing music for it. And to see if it'll work out. I don't want to be stealing people's music. Um, but if they have it so I can use it as a backing, it's all good. Otherwise, I don't know. I'm not going <laughs> to acapella it anymore. So this is Kilo One Mike Alfazulu saying, Hammer you on! <laughs> Thank you so much, Nathan. And, uh, you know, there's lots of karaoke backtracks. Oh, and, yeah. like... Weird Al Yankovic has just made an entire career off of. <laughs> Speaking of acapella, though, YouTube hit that like memory vault thing, and they mm. they showed me a video of rockapella, like live. Rock-a- yes, yes, and they, one hit. guy had like braids in his hair, and they oh, were they all, all have like crazy. Hair. They were like party in the front or uh, business, <coughs> business in, the front, in the front. No, they were party, party in, the in the front. They had party ponytails in the-, <laughs> in the front, and they were clean shaven in the back. They're party in the front, right? <laughs> right. And I was like, and it was Carmen San Diego, of course. Yeah. Like that's Where what they're known for. In the world is. And then they got that guy who's like Carmen the deep San Diego. Carmen San Diego. <laughs> and that's all he does. That's what he no, comes he, in he's, for. He, he's got a lot of boop, 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 boop. Oh, true. Like, he's true. playing the bass line. He's literally a human instrument. Yes. Yeah. Such talent. All right, well, we're going to make our way up the tower. Up the tower. It's time to climb. So you can, On to uh, the first uh, email. Uh, uh, oh, uh, what? Uh, How, if someone were to just want to email us, they would send an email to Leah at hamtactical.com, and we'll read it on this show. We would love to hear your ham radio journey, your stories, whatever it is, questions about ham radio, and if you send us a merch idea... Something that you'd like to see in the merch store at hamtactical.com, which helps support the podcast, and we like it, and we make it, we'll send you one for free. So thank you for doing that. All right. On to the first email. First email. It's titled, First Time Writer, Long Time Listener. Oh. Well, thank you. Welcome to the tower. I appreciate that. Kind of my journey and field day with K7 SWI ARC. Hello, Josh and Leah. I have been meaning to send y'all an email for quite a while, but was never really sure what to write. So this is going to be a long one. I have been listening off and on for the last year so or so. I've been saving them up. <laughs> Sorry for not consistently listening. Life sometimes gets in the way, but I do enjoy the shows that I have listened to. It's no excuse. We well, say that every time. For, thanks for going through the backlog. So a story about my ham journey. I started watching HRCC's hrcc on, on youtube sometime around early 2020 when the panorama started and everything was up in the air would society come to an end yes was the grid going to go down absolutely i didn't know and i thought 
maybe I should learn to use ham radio. Also, yes. My grandfather used to be a listener of shortwave radio and was big into CB, but he never got a a ham license. I had always been interested in getting into ham radio, but was always discouraged by the fact that you had to learn Morse code. When the panorama started, it was the push it was the push to get me to amateur radio, and I figured I could learn it if I really had to. So I searched how to get a ham radio license, and Josh's videos were one of the first that popped up. Wonderful. I watched a few episodes, and it really struck my interest, and I was happy to hear I no longer needed to learn to code to get my license. I started watching some of the tech prep videos. I did get sucked into that study prep website, which shall not be named, and wasn't really satisfied with it, but later found hamstudy.org and started studying on a regular basis. Excellent. That is a great endorsement for hamstudy.org. It's the the biggest trick and also free. Yes. Thankfully, I was able to get licensed online and took and passed my tech license on June 30th, 2020. Love it. Congratulations. The guy asked me if I wanted to take my general after I took the tech exam, and I was a little disappointed because I didn't know that was an option. Nobody communicated that to me, and if they did, it wasn't obvious. More about that later. I didn't study for the general, so I declined and just settled with the tech for the moment. My call was issued a few days later as KJ7OWB. So I was finally a licensed amateur radio operator, and now was the time to buy a radio. I saw a lot of hype about these Baofangs, Baofeng, or whatever they're called, but honestly, they never appealed to me. One thing I've learned in my life is that you get what you pay for. Yeah, they're cheap, affordable, handheld radio, but are they also cheap? And certainly, they are cheap looking. The number one reason why I never bought one of these was because they look like a cheap toy. And yeah, I didn't want a cheap looking toy for a radio. No offense to anyone who bought one and loves it. More power to you. Well, not really. Ha ha. And then it's a but um, that's I did that. So now, now ignore the previous paragraph. When I say my first HP was an I got yeah. that. <laughs> Was an Anytone DV878. A better looking radio, yes. Cheap Chinese radio, sadly, yes. But not cheap on the price side. I think I spent $125 on that radio. Okay. Anyway, it was a steep learning curve to get into that DMR and the whole programming thing. Is... Don't get me started on that. Shortly after I bought the Anytone, I did get a real radio. I wanted something that was a quote-unquote shack in a box. So I got the ICOM IC7100. I like the fact that it does HF, VHF, UHF, and D-Star, but I can also use it at my desk or in my vehicle. You could. Great radio overall. It certainly has its limitations and issues, but I learned very quickly there is no perfect radio for amateur radio. Oh, the best lesson. The most expensive lesson. (laughs) Because that's why you keep buying radios. Now I know why many of the hams who have been doing this for a while have many radios. Uh They all have their purpose, and sometimes you just need to have one dedicated for one thing because it really excels at that particular mode. I get it now. Anyway. That was you saying that, Lynn. I got, nope. 
You get anyway, it now. No, that is that is in you the email. You get it now. Anyway, I got my first antenna for the house, an Ed Fong 2-meter, 70-centimeter J-pole. Good for you. Had to figure out how I was going to get up get it up in the air. Another learning curve, antennas, mounting, and mass. I wound up buying two 10-foot sections of large PVC pipe and strapped it to a deck on the side of my house, then fed the coax through the window. It was a shoddy-looking job, but it worked. At the time, I was living in Portland, Oregon. In Portland, there are a lot of active hams, and 146.52 in the Portland metro area is very active and often used as a rag chew frequency. Down here, too. My antenna was up about 22 feet in the air, and I was able to make contact with a guy up in Ridgefield, Washington, about 20 miles north as a crow flies. Not bad. I did the DMR stuff, then the D-Star stuff, worked repeaters, and even figured out how to configure my computer to run Direwolf TNC software for VHF packet winlink. Oh. This is, you're accomplishing a you're, lot. You're doing... You, you're doing yeah, the things. Yeah, yeah. Here's where the communication issue comes back from paragraph three. Yesterday. Go back to paragraph three. July 6, 2023, while I was working some FT8, more about that later, and updating my EQSL logs, I was listening to Josh's video from February 23rd, 2023, when he did the Zoom talk with the Virginia section of the ARRL about hands oh. getting on the air for life. Yes. Boy, I sure can relate to being a mid-30s ham and having a sour experience with a local club. Well, thank you for watching the video, first of all. A lot of people didn't watch that, so the fact you did, I appreciate it. It was field day 2021, and I decided to go to a local event in Portland, Oregon, and I was excited and prepared to go to my first event. I even bought some gear from the ARRL. I got a shirt, pin, a duffel bag to throw my radio and Could it be more in. obvious that I'm a ham? And a coffee mug tumbler and the HF kits 10 to 40 and fed half wave antenna kit. Mm -hmm. I was all prepared. I found a group, signed up to work some GOTA station times. And when I showed up, it was a total letdown. Nobody greeted me and welcomed me. I said hi. And a couple of guys working a station just kind of looked up and said, hey, then went back to doing what they were doing. I stood around for a bit and then decided just to sit next to them and watched for a bit. There were maybe six or seven guys there, and most were messing around with antennas and trying to put them up. I sat there for a while. Nobody was really engaging with me, so I decided that I should just go home because this was a huge waste of my time. Okay. Can I? Yeah. Okay. So first, I want to give you a huge kudos for just sitting down. And just staying there. Yeah. That's the first thing I have to say that a lot of I get a lot of comments from people that said I showed up to a a thing at a club mm -hmm. and no one welcomed me. So there's there's two aspects of that I want to hit. The first aspect is, is that for the people on the radio, they're probably very focused on making contacts. That's the easy out. That's like me saying like the easiest way that why they didn't say hi. And I'm not giving them an excuse. I'm just giving a, a potential reason. The second one is that they, they could just not be very good in person. Like these are ham radio people. A lot of people are, you know, they, they like to talk on the radio. They don't really like to talk on person. 
that that's a real number of people that are in our community that just you know are not good necessarily in the person what you did though i think is amazing where you just kind of sat down yeah and you're like hey i'm gonna hang out like let's see what happens now i, I you didn't mention this but i will I will. I would like to assume that when you said "hey" and they said "hey back," and then like nobody said anything, that that is an egregious uh, negligence on their part. They should have done way more to welcome you, say hi, and all that. All all of that. Right. That that sucks, and I'm sorry you had to experience that. That that's not good. Well, it was very disappointing because I was hoping that I was going to be able to finally get on the HF bands to the go to station. That would have been ideal. <laughs> and they just pretty much ignored me. What a way to welcome a new ham to the hobby, huh? After ex that experience, I kind of just shrugged off the idea of being part of any club and would just stick to myself. I went back to just doing the same old, same old 146.52 rag chew on occasion, a daily check-in on the happy hour net for Oregon DMR talk group 3141. And that was it. Well, one day as I was driving back home in Nampa, uh, Nampa, Idaho, Nampa. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, to visit family, I decided to call out CQ on 146.52 on the 7100 in my car as I was almost about to get off the freeway in Nampa and figured I'd see if anyone was listening. I heard a voice almost immediately call back and it was Kim K-I-O-E, who just happens to be the president of the Southwest Idaho Amateur Radio oh, Club. That's all a right. great club. Yeah. I told him I was just pulling into town to visit family and he came back and said, oh, cool. Well, if you aren't doing anything on Saturday, we're having a special event out near Marsing in celebration yes! of Chicken Dinner Road. Who cares? Reason to make ham radio happen. <laughs> Love it. This is all okay. I, I'm I'm back in. I this this story's got everything. Let's do this. At the time, the neighboring city of Caldwell, Idaho, had been in the national news because PETA sent an angry letter to the mayor of Caldwell, telling him he should change the name of the famous county road named Chicken Dinner Road. The mayor responded by essentially telling PETA to go kick rocks because, one, it's a county road and out of his jurisdiction. And two, we Southwest Idahoans love our chicken dinner road and the history behind it. So Kim thought it would be a good idea to do a gathering I love this guy. on chicken dinner road and have a chicken dinner for I love everyone. It. I love it. Is Kim Kim Carey? No. Well, I don't think so because Kim Carey's in Smart? California. Oh really? Oh, uh, okay. Well, I mean, I, I mean, in the time I met him. Okay, I thought about it and decided, heck, why not? I took my mom and my spouse out there, and it was in the middle of nowhere. There was probably about twenty or more people there, and they had a couple of stations set up, and they were going to be operating all night. As soon I as I showed up, I love the intensity. Up, this is awesome. I was greeted and welcomed and introduced to a bunch of people and got to put a face to the name of Kim who invited me. I thought, so this is what a club is supposed to be like. This is great. Yes. It was a fun event, even though we got poured on for a while. It was just, it was still fun while we all hunkered down under the canopies and ate our KFC chicken dinner. 
Kim made an announcement to everyone thanking everyone for the event and gave me a special DX award since I was the one who traveled furthest to get to the event since this my QTH okay. was Portland. This is awesome. No, seriously. Such a good club. It was kind of funny, but a special gesture. My award was a bumper sticker from a Facebook group that was about listening on 146.52. That is, so, oh my goodness, it comes full circle. The sticker said, always listening, 146.52. Oh, it's a Kenwood sticker. I know that sticker. Fast forward a year later, I was moving back to Idaho from Portland because I was sick of living under panorama restrictions, couldn't find a field placement internship for my degree, and I was sick of all the crime and issues in the Portland area. I was on I-84 heading east and was passing through La Grande when I heard Elaine, KI7PWR, K-Power, that's... <laughs> Strong one, strong one. Calling CQ on 146.52. Guess who Elaine is? Well, that is Kim, K-I-O-E's wife. I answered the call and she recognized my call and said, were you the guy who came with no his mom way. to the chicken dinner road event? And I said, yes, I'm moving back to Idaho to finish my schooling. Her and Kim were headed back home from the Oregon area, and we chatted for about 20 miles or so until I lost them as they were passing through the mountains of Baker City. We connected, connected. We connected again on the air a day or two later when I was back in Nampa, and Kim just planted the seed to reconsider SWI ARC. After fast forward to early this year, I decided to reach out to him and see when they were going to have a general class testing session again. He asked me when I wanted to test to let him know and he will arrange it. So I started studying again. I was still busy with school at the time, but finally graduated in May of 2023 with my Bachelor of Social Work after working on it for almost eight years, taking classes part time. Good for you. Congratulations. Well, that's a double congratulations. Yeah. I start my master's program at the end of August and I'm going to do that full time. I decided that I would take the summer off and not work since I am going to be super busy for the next year. I started study off and on when I got about 85% average pass rate on my practice exams and said, it's time. I hopped onto the K7 SWI repeater, which is the SWI ARCS repeater and called for KI0E. He didn't answer, but someone else did. And I asked about the next testing session. I forget who answered, but he said that on June 17th, they were going to be doing a testing session in Ontario, Oregon. Well, Ontario is about a 30 minute drive west of me, and I needed to take some cans to drop off anyway. So kill two birds with one stone. Shh, don't tell anyone that I live in Idaho and return cans in Oregon. It's not kind of legitimate if you didn't buy them in Oregon. <laughs> You turn uh -oh. aluminum over, cross state lines? <laughs> so I went in and they all greeted me again and were happy I was there. They even reminisced about the chicken dinner road event and the I-84 contact. I took the test and only missed four questions. Now I was KJ7OWBAG. Only missed by, he said he missed it. 
Wait, what happened? He only missed four questions. Oh, only missed four questions. Yeah. Congratulations. You got it. That's all I care about. Thank and you. So much. I and I passed my test before Leia. Double win. All right. Well, congratulations. I'm got I'm glad the you got that. The email was That's, perfect yeah. until that point. Now <laughs> Leia's mad. Now she's upsetty. I, <laughs> I went home and immediately started work. Uh, on building the HF kits 49 to 1 Anan for the 10 to 40 meter and fed half wave that I bought before the 2021 field event with the Sad Ham Group in Portland. Unfortunately, that night I had to dog sit for my sister because she was on an overnight date with her husband for her birthday. I had to rush to get everything packed up because I was determined to get on the air that evening. So I quickly grabbed all my stuff and put it in a box and then went over to her house to finish my build. Around 1 a.m., I got everything finished and strung up the wire in a tree and stretched it across her backyard. I started scrolling through the 40-meter band and stumbled upon a net that was going on. What, at 1 a.m.? Yeah, on 40 meters, sure. I heard the guy call out for check-ins and I started calling out Kilo, Juliet, Seven, Oscar, Whiskey, Bravo, Stroke, Alpha, Golf. I repeated again and again. Okay, check my settings. What the heck am I doing? I don't know if I'll try again. Ke I don't know. I'll try again. Kilo, Juliet, Seven, Oscar, Whiskey, Bravo, Stroke, Alpha, Golf. I heard someone say, I heard an alpha golf out there. I said, Roger, Roger, and called out my call again. Boom. I got checked in. Okay, now what? Oh, it's awesome. They called, this whole story is amazing. They called my call and said, your turn. I said, I don't know what we're doing here. They explained. <laughs> <laughs> I need an adult. <laughs> this is the Triple H net. Oh, we yes. Our worked all states net, and you can call out and give a signal report to any station you hear. I said, I haven't a clue who is on. So Patty VE7VQ in BC said he would help out and do an exchange. That's, thank you, Patty. That's awesome. He said my signal was a 4-4 and I repeated he was a 5-7. We had a good call at 0832 UTC on June 18th, 2023. My first HF contact. You you, and you awesome. got and you got your first contact on the Triple H net. If you want to continue that, you can do that now. That's amazing. I got one other call that night, but couldn't hear all that well. Time to mess around with my antenna and get the SWR right. Oh, this is such a great story. Long story short, I researched and manually measured the wire foot by foot with a ruler and got it around where it should be. The next day, I checked in again to Hank's helping hand net on 7.190 and got nine good contacts during that net call. Colorado, Massachusetts, New Mexico, Texas, California, and Georgia. Now I'm hooked on HF. I, we went through so many, well, I went through so many emotions. Started out with a, with a ham technician, kind of dejected by a club starts driving just starts talking on the radio finds another club with a quirky and cool event yeah draws people in mm -hmm. like there's so many like so much fun so awesome like th this is such a cool coincidence kind of thing 
Oh, I love it. I love this so much. There's there's so many cool parts of this story. Oh, that's very cool. Good for you. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you got to experience something like this. I love that. I love it so much. When I was at the testing session, they invited me to their field day event. It was going to be in the Boise National Forest at Tripod Meadows, west of the Smith's Ferry, Idaho. I thought about it and I said... Sure, why not? I packed up my truck and all of my equipment, including my gap antennas hammer in mast mount and my 10 four-foot sections of military surplus fiberglass poles. I drove 1.5 hours north into central Idaho and pulled into camp. I got a hello, pick a spot anywhere you want. I found a relatively flat spot and started to set up camp. When it came time for me to set up my station, I suddenly had plenty of people wandering over to watch and help. As soon as I knew it, I had four or five guys there helping me put together my mast, prop it up, and a guy it down. See pictures. When Kim came over and helped me check my SWR on the antenna. Field day was a blast. I was working FT8 and FT4 most it of the day until the evening came and it started to rain and lightning. Everyone quit for the night, but when I saw the rain had stopped and no more lightning, I got back to work and was working FT8 slash 4 all night. Oh, this is... Around... Ah, that's <laughs> awesome! Around 4 a.m., I started working 40 meters on phone and got an additional 30-some contacts for the club. All in all, I ended up with around 138 contacts for the club. That's amazing. Well done. We packed up in the morning since it was supposed to storm again, and I wound up hauling the club trailer back down the mountain to the valley because the guy who hauled it up was having some vehicle trouble. Now he's helping to haul the... I love every bit of this story. This is awesome. Oh. And didn't want to stress it any further. I didn't hesitate at all to offer my help because of all the help they offered me. Aww, I cannot. Such good people. Such good people. I cannot reiterate. You went from dejected ham to like on HF commit or like working field day and literally hauling stuff out of the location. This is amazing. When I got back from field day, I looked into getting a new call because I was wanting to get a one by three and drop two by three. I put in for a sequential call assignment and then figured I'd wait for an email from the FCC. Until then, I had been checking in daily to the Triple H net. Well, on July 1st, I checked in and someone said my call was canceled. I was perplexed. I checked my email, nothing from the FCC. So I looked up the database with my FRN and sure enough, they canceled KJ7OWB and issued me KK7 and KV. Dang it. I got another two by three. So now I will have oh, to wow. put in for a vanity so I can get a one by three or maybe I'll just upgrade to extra wouldn't it be funny if i got my extra before leia got her general <laughs> i don't know it'd be funny ha ha yeah. but it'd be funny in the figurative sense <laughs> you have 1453 days until the test question for general changes again and i have 358 days until the current ae questions change want some competition leia eh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't know. 
Well, anyway, I'm loving being a general class now. I even got a full sweep on the 13 Colonies event. Good for you. Nice. Man, this is awesome. I managed to get the Great Britain and France on FT8 and finally got WM3 PEN on voice plus a mixture of voice and FT8 on the Colonies. I mailed off all my QSL cards and my log and I can't wait to get responses. Good for you. Speaking of QSL cards, I even got my first QSL card from KC8YY, Dave in Auburn, Indiana, followed by W7SCD, Scott in Spokane, and then a super long DX station at a whopping 34 miles away, K2AES, Allen in Ontario, Oregon. Yes, Allen lives just 34 miles away. We managed to hear each other on 40 meters. All of those. I have to remember the shape of Idaho as these conversations. Yes, I know. Really. I'm like, what's happening? I'm like, there's so many. What is happening? We're international now. You're 34 miles away. Oh, yes. Idaho has a stovepipe. (laughs) Of all those from the Hank's Helping Hand Net on 7.190. Awesome. Or uh, 0700 UTC daily. Thanks to the Triple H Net. I have also been able to make voice contacts to Panama and Hawaii. Even did some POTA hunting the other day and got Puerto Rico. And my longest voice contact so far was Lithuania and Serbia on 20 meters. Wow. Since I got those QSL cards, thank goodness for the EcoTank printer from Epson because I'm a broke grad student and can't afford to spend extra money on a print service for my QSL cards. So if anyone sends me a QSL card, they're going to get a homemade and cut card from me, just like it used to be. Now, I love this story so mm-hmm. much, but I cannot I cannot take this moment to not recommend Amanda's QSL service. Yeah. She is so much cheaper than the other QSL services that exist. She's amazing. I highly encourage you to take a look at her QSL service. It's not that... Maybe cheaper than you think. Yeah. Considering what the cost of ink cartridges are and all that and your time, just think about that. We'll, we'll post the link in the show notes. I'll pull it up so that Leia will have it. But yeah, t- take a look. I cannot say... We went through... I, I went through... I don't know about Leia, but I went through so many emotions on this. This was a so much joy for fantastic email. I loved it. Again, dejected ham gets to the point of field day, special event stations, hopping all over the place to go to different events. Now getting QSL cards, active on HF. I, I cannot I cannot think of a better like situation. Amazing. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, Matt says, with all this fun and the help of a great welcoming local club who pretty much did everything you said in your video, you have got yourself a ham for life here. Thank you guys for helping to keep ham radio alive and bringing awareness to all that it is. Until next time, 73KK7 NKV Matt in Nampa, Idaho. P.S. I don't quite get the reference, but I've been stung by bees a couple times, but I'm not allergic to bees. <laughs> and then here's some pictures. I will scroll for them. Oh, wow. I don't know if you saw. So much greenery. 
That's always the thing I look at it like, look how green everything is. What a great campsite. Oh, look at that. Ah, super fun. I love it. Thank you for sharing your story. That is amazing. And huge congrats on all of your accomplishments. I agree. Despite the shade. (laughs) What shade? I've I've given nothing but love. That's no matte shade on my iPad. I'm not passing the general. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that see, this is a. I need DMR tutoring, and this is from Chris. Hey guys, I'm loving the podcast. I've only been listening for a couple months. I have been drawn in by your naturally conversive style. It's like relaxing with my friends. Thank you. Well, welcome to the table. It's a trick. It's all a trick. It's all a show. I come to you with a problem. I have multiple VHF UHF radios, but I find them to be the most silent of all my radios when they are on. I can scan the local repeaters for a day and hear nearly nothing. I can keep my radio in my car on the two meter calling frequency 146.52 megahertz. And I even have a sticker on the back of my car that says I'm monitoring that frequency, but I still get nothing. Calling out usually gives me the same result. I do have a DMR radio and I have hopes of seeing more VHF UHF activity on that radio, but I really have a need for some schooling on DMR. I've programmed the radio and it does work on DMR, but I need to understand it better so I can get the most out of it. What is a really good resource that will give me a good understanding of DMR and how I can use it? Oh, man, there's so many YouTube videos that exist out there. I've made some on programming DMR, but um, obviously Ham Radio 2.0 comes to mind when I think about DMR. But again, like literally you can just search programming DMR and you would get a wealth of replies. I, I have to give a call back to the last email. You might want to think about upgrading your license. It sounds like you're kind of in that VHF, UHF, repeater space dead zone where line of sight communication is just not that feasible. But HF opens up a whole new world to you. Literally, the whole world, if you think about it. Right. So explore DMR. Enjoy okay. your time, but think about upgrading. All right, and Chris signs off 73AA7CW. Hope that answer was helpful. The next email has no subject, but it comes from our beautiful Charlene. Okay. Charlene says, I'm a beat a dead horse. Any idea where that saying came from? Why do we say it if it's so ridiculous? Anyway, I digress. digress. I digress. (laughs) Radio Shack. Shack is back. They, and there's a link to RadioShack.com. They show kits till you click the link, any link, honestly. We have one in Carlton. I'll try and send a picture. So I miss sending this in time for the pod of the week. And I am currently listening to the current episode when something is said about a, about Splinter Out. Naturally, I go directly to Amazon and add one to my cart. So I'm looking into this thing, trying to figure out what it is and how it works and realize there's really no decent videos showing how it works. Josh, this is now your job. The next time you have to use one, you must record it. All the videos I saw skipped how this thing actually does what it's supposed to do. And maybe there's one I missed. However, I still think you'll probably do it better. What a vote of confidence. Well, thank you. I'm also a big fan of just like good tweezers. 
you know, yeah, pack a good set of tweezers for splinters too. I want to talk about field day. I know it's been a couple of weeks, but I really want to share my experience. My plan was to go to one club in the morning that's 45 minutes away, then come back to my closer club that set up only 10 minutes from my house. Okay. But I ended up staying local and that was okay. The club took a hands-off approach to food and set up this year and had someone come in and put up a tent and drop tables and chairs and have meals brought in from local restaurants. I got to help set up the dipole they used for the club radio and then later to use the club radio and make contacts. The last I checked, I was at 56 contact, uh, contacts or something of the sort. When I tell you I had the best time, I can't stress it enough. I literally had the best time. I love it. Oh, I love to hear it. Just before... Before I left at around 11 p.m., I actually made a contact with my Elmer from the 45-minute away group. He stayed and pulled an all-nighter. I, however, did get home and got some sleep and headed back out the next morning. I'm already looking forward to next year. Amazing. This weekend, my husband helped me put... Anderson power pole ends on my radio and make an adapter with eyelets on one end for my power supply. Whoop whoop. I would have done it myself except we were using a torch for soldering instead of a soldering iron. Not because he doesn't have one, but just because it was at a different location and we were too lazy to drive and fetch it. I had my ham desk all figured out and some Things have come up that I may be moving upstairs. I'm trying to decide. I don't want to move and move and move, so I'd like to get it right the first time, you know. Upstairs, we have a small room that has slanted ceilings, no window that comes up, but it's available. I also have a closet in my bedroom that's small, but I've never, but I've seen some really cute ham closets. Of course, the downside to this is going to be there will be no using my radio after the hub goes to bed. There's also a space underneath the basement stairs, which I'm in the basement now. It would just mean moving some stuff around. However, that will require much more coax and being under the stairs with my back to the entire room. I hate that idea. Do you have any thoughts? The only equipment I have is my power box of 10 meter radio, my dual band radio, both of which are mobiles, by the way. So they're smaller and my battery box and solar panel. Thanks, Uncle Dave. No, he's not a ham and he won't hear this, but I still thank him. Uh, some miscellaneous handhelds and then, of course, my adapters and cables. I also have my laptop and a small TV screen to hook up to it if I ever manage to get on digital. Mm. I don't know. Or keep it where I'm at and make my husband have a different area, but I'm not good with bossing him around. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I mean, if we take a cue from some of the other significant others that contribute to the podcast, definitely boss him around for the sake of ham <laughs> radio. No, um, boy, the, the problem, and I've said this multiple times with ham radio, is... Yes, we, we've all played the portable game where we have to, you know, drag all of our stuff out, set it up outside or set it up in the kitchen, run the coax into the kitchen, feed everything. And then maybe we get like what the evening, maybe the next morning and then we got to pack it all up and put it back. 
that's not very convenient and it's not really fun. Nor is it something that you can experience those magic moments where you get up a little bit early in the morning, you got yourself a hot cup of coffee and you sit down in front of a shack that's already set up and you turn it on and you just start just making contacts. That is such a beautiful experience that it's like you kind of need a space for that. It's it's almost like the the art space, like Leia, if you were thinking mm-hmm. about like putting up a a pottery space. Yeah. If I had to make you drag out the pottery wheel and put it back it. every time you yeah. did it, you wouldn't use it. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like that with ham radio. Every time you set up the antenna and do this other stuff, you're like, well, I'm just not going to do this. So I encourage you to find a solution that works with everybody. Of course, I respect the significant others here. So find something that works with all of you. And, and you know what? Going in the basement is not that big a deal at the end of the day because it's it's largely quiet down there. Maybe you're going to get a good signal because it's not too much interference. I don't know. But explore all your options. And if you have to go another route, consider adding everything into a go box. Like plumb it all up so all you have to add is power Mm. and an antenna and you're good. It can go on the kitchen table. It can go in the backyard. It can go in your truck. It can go wherever you want. So consider that. That would be my, uh, my thoughts there. Go ahead. All right. Well, Charlene says, here's hoping I'll be able to go to the fox hunt next Saturday, the 15th held by Western Reserve here in Ohio. And my next letter will include the details of that. 73 Charlene, K-E-8-Y-B-Z. Oh, Charlene. Thank you, Charlene. Uh, thank you for sharing your story. And hopefully Josh answered the question about your ham shack. All right. The next email is titled Greetings from Waterlogged Vermont. And this comes from our friend of the show mm-hmm. and a purveyor of maple, Russ. Hello, friends. Prep talk it, a topic. Numerous areas across the nation are ex- experiencing tremendous heat or precipitation, all while having radio projections or school aged children activities. With that said, FEMA has been made a site that presents various topics, which will hopefully the nation will get hashtag summer ready. Also, since FEMA Region 1 has activated several swift water teams due to the rain system, please remember the old adage, turn around right now, don't drown. I hadn't heard that before. Make sure you ask FEMA, what is the status of their cooling rooms? Yeah. <laughs> Ham topic. So you requested AARs for a field day was quite minimal. Here's why. The Vermont Renaissance Fair rudely decided to schedule their event last weekend of the month. I took my son to his first Ren Fair and exposed him to all things SCA, Ren Fair, and LARPing. And I do love a good Ren Fair. We did make it to my county's field day site uh, to a uh, di- digi NCW. Uh, okay. And my son was interested in participating by spinning their dials and pushing their buttons. I personally didn't make any contacts. I did participate in the 13 Colonies event and found numerous stations were on very early on low bands and it was quite fun to chase. I also have a new PSA about counterpoises and coax. 
make sure those wires are well below the uptake of lawn cutting devices. Oh, yeah. I learned that my counterpoise likes to become friends with my weed eater, and my wife cut a couple of my counterpoise wires that were not sufficiently buried. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Other topics. I left my full-time nursing gig, burnout primarily, and my reservist status with FEMA and started a full-time job with FEMA R2 as an RF telecom specialist. Mm. Congratulations. Big moves. This position allows me to have more time with my family and explore my hobbies during blue sky periods. Leia, we have already frozen about 20 gallon size bags of produce and up to a dozen eggs per day. I think I have taken up. Oh, congratulations on your bounty. I think I have taken up enough of your time and let other HRCC correspondent emailers have time. 73 Russ. P.S. Leia. Don't worry about not getting general before the end of June. Don't worry about it. I didn't get extra by April, but now with this new job, I have a two and a half hour commute each way twice a week. So I listen to the extra class fast track audiobook and podcast. Nice. It's okay. Jake, congrats on your financial gains. Nate, what perks did they offer you to become the chief producer? Leah, I know you can do it. And Josh, when can we see the real with you consuming the balut? Solid question, Russ. When will we see that? I don't know. It's fine. You're just building interest. It's no big deal. Well, this is my DX commander. Thank you. Thank you so much, Russ, for for the recap. Happy to see you on the tower again. The next email is titled, Not the First or Last Email. Okay. Dear producers of that podcast that mentions radio sometimes. It happens occasionally. I have been interested in ham radio for years. When I was a teenager, I tried to learn. I got discouraged by all of the gatekeepers. I stumbled on your podcast one day at work. I wanted to listen to something different and found you. I love that he found us at work. Well, <laughs> welcome. I'm charging welcome to other the tower. people and he found us. <laughs> I love it. I listened to your talks of radio and Leia taking the general test questions. I wanted to understand cat cups and other inside jokes. Oh, so the deep lore. After after a few weeks of listening, almost nonstop, oh my gosh, thank you, I decided to study and take the tech test. Ooh. I passed on June 2nd. You did it! Congratulations! Since everyone was helpfully telling Leia that her time frame was dwindling for the general question pool expiration i panicked i decided to take on general so i didn't have to study the new question pool i gave it the beans and passed general on june 27th leia your just a few days your anxiety the- helped drive many other people with anxiety to get their license <laughs> congrats again if it wasn't for your internal anxiety <laughs> no one else would have driven themselves to general just a few days before the question pool changed. That's amazing. I love it. Leia, do you I'm not so, feel good about this? I'm feeling great. That's that's exactly what I was going for. No, I don't, I don't know that that's the case. Don't want to hear that. That's not what I want to hear. 
<laughs> but I, that's a sh- that's a silver lining. It is. It I is. forgot to mention something, so I'm going to take you back in time before I passed my technician by about a week. I discovered Poda and went on a deep dive trying to learn. On one of the Facebook groups, I asked about the best small budget friendly beginner Poda radio. Shortly after, I received a message from W0STO. And he had an 891 to sell you. Whom I've never met or had a conversation with. Uh He told me to pass the general test and he would send me an FT891. No. What? I was extremely skeptical, but I responded and talked to him because why not? Now, before I passed general, I also joined a ham club. This is also an amazing story. N9BCN, the Piglets. I went to field day with them. They got a name. Which was their mascot. Which was their first field day as a newer club, and it was interesting. They had a fox hunt for new people to see how it worked. The week after I passed general, the new to me ft891 and as no a bonus way. a linked dipole landed no on my way. doorstep with the letter and my first qsl no way. card this is amazing <gasps> that is so nice i'm currently waiting on more radio mail to be able to get on the air needless to say the hams i've encountered this time around have been amazing going above and beyond to share knowledge and get new hams on the air I have been engulfed in learning ever since I found your this podcast. Is amazing. I am so excited for you. Dude got dropped like a $600 radio. Oh my God. That is amazing. That is so cool. That I can't like, Aww. that is so cool. W0STO, you are a star. That is so kind. I mean, shout out to the Elmer who dropped like, who who was it who who dropped him the uh who sent him the radio? Yeah, that's what I just said. Okay, W zero STO. That is so cool. Now for a question. Okay. What basic beginner tools would you think would be best to have on the workbench? Oh, I did a whole live stream on this. Like, how can I concatenate? Well, no, I did a pod. We've done multiple podcasts on this topics and a live stream. So hand tools. Hand tools are going to be precision screwdrivers and uh, side angle clippers or side cutters. Tiny needle nose pliers, but not long neck. You don't need like a super long neck. You just need something maybe about an inch and a half, that kind of thing. I like having a good power meter, a small power meter that you can put on the uh, on the shelf there and use it for SWR and power. I like a good antenna analyzer. You can substitute this with a nano VNA, and if you're going down that road, you might as well also look at the tiny SA. Those are also fantastic devices. We'll post a link in the show notes for both those things. They're on Amazon. You should be out the door under $100 for both of them. Not together, but individually. Um, A good soldering iron is... I, I cannot tell you how good a soldering iron comes in handy, and then if you're going down the road of like powering options, so so wires to power the things, you're probably going to look at power poles. I highly recommend you get a good crimper set. Those are also available on Amazon. 
but you can get them anywhere, Gigaparts, Hammer New Outlet, whatever, and then all the parts that go into it and the wires, um, you know, whatever you're going to go. This can go on and on, but I'll we'll drop some links in the show notes just so you have them and you can take a look. Man, God, I love it. Fun I love stuff. it. I lo- There's so many things we can talk about. Joseph signs off. Thank you for everything you do. KD9YJY73. P.S. Not allergic to bees. York peppermint patties are amazing. Not a fan of ice cream cake. Iron Man is the best Avenger. Wrong. We're back on. We're back on. Wrong. Thank you, Joseph, for sharing your wonderful Joseph, experience. I was, I mean, the ice cream cake, you lost me a little bit, but then the, the best Avenger, that's crazy talk. That's worst Avenger. What? You are not. No. He wanted people to get. Uh, okay. So do you, you understand? Not the worst Avenger. Okay. So here's my problem is that sometimes I, I let. I let the comic book like infuse the what we know is the MCU. So Tony Stark was the first person that stepped forward to like um, identify the superheroes so that they had to become licensed as superheroes, mm-hmm. have an ID. He yeah. was the first person that stepped up. The reason why they're just trying to allocate the uh, no, no, the the, superhero frequencies, no, they're to, Josh. They're trying to license firearms is what they're doing. They're, that's yeah. what they're doing. All right. So. Captain America is the only one who went against. Well, he was not the only one, but he was the one that led the led the charge against the government to say, "No, I will not become identified as a number to you. I will not allow that." That's really ironic because he's the one that started as a number for the government. But that's well, he was the here, first Avenger. Yeah. yeah, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> on to the next. I see what you did there. Email. Popped another mint. No Foley this time. Uh, no. Long time no write. This email is titled with a sad face. And this is from our dear friend Misha. Hello, Princess Leia and Yeoman Josh. Yeoman, I'll take it. <laughs> 13 colonies, 2023, done and clean sweep, plus Britain and France bonus stations. Yay, missed the Liberty Bell. In 1783, my area, province of New Brunswick, signed into the Union, but the Bluecoats, British Navy, sunk the ship carrying the document near Gloucester, Gloucester, uh, Massachusetts. You're killing it. Gloucester. (laughs) We would have been the 14th colony. Anyone need some rain? We could have been on the flag. <laughs> Do you know what it would have been like if we were on the flag? Anyone need some rain? We have lots that is extra. We received well over eight feet in a month. Eight feet? <laughs> I of rain? Where do it go? I'm literally... You know how much we freak out over here over like... Six inches, we're like, oh, that is a downpour. (laughs) We really needed it, but it was a downpour. Yeah. A monsoon. Thank God we are hilly and coastal along with east winds as south west winds would have been really bad. Just search Saxby Gale. Tuesday, the July 4th, we were gifted with one of those so-called 1,000-year, if not 10,000-year storm that occurs every five years locally. I, I, I gotta say, I gotta say. It, it, 
if your weather people are telling you every five years you got hit with a 10,000 year storm, time, not good. Time not to send good. them back to math. Not good. <laughs> not good. We only had 50 uh, miles. It says mm, but wouldn't that be millimeter? 50 millimeter? Per hour for forty for thirty six hours. It was two it was inches temperate. an hour. It was comfortable in the southeast, whereas points north we were gifted twelve hours over eighty nine millimeters per hour, three point five inches per hour. Oh, it is millimeters, and uh, more at fifty millimeters per hour for the twelve hours before and after. It is raining again today. Maybe an inch within 24 hours. Whoopee. Oh, I'm so sorry. I hope uh, everything is okay. You know, one of the things I love about rain is that if you, uh, if you, if you show rain your indifference to it and you mm-hmm. just keep living your life. It's like a cat. Then it's like, <laughs> we could just be cool. We could just be, you could be wet and we'll be cool. <laughs> no, like, I mean, like, it's, I don't know. I, I like, again, California. It's we true. don't get a lot of it. I, I like getting all wet and crazy out in the rain. Yeah. But I mean, if you live there where it's all the rain all the time, I don't That's know. That's true. I, mean, I don't know. Thanks for all the excellent content. You, as well as most of the other YouTubers, keep my interests peaked, especially Josh's travel logs. Oh. Like well, going where I could never get to, such as Cl- San Clemente what? Island, where I don't expect access as I can never even enter Camp Pendleton to hop on the coastal bikeway as I was be- would be required to go by car, bus, or rail. It was so much more relaxed before 9-11 when, uh, while I was driving, a gr- matte green Chevy pickup was directed in error into a military base in coastal North Carolina during what the MP said was a live fire exercise. The MP stopped to see we why this was target practice. I had moved onto his shoulder as I had decided that I was lost and was referencing a map. They facilitated an express exit. You need my, to get out of here immediately. As my being there was their error. <laughs> You're, you're kind of target practice right now. You need to get out of here immediately. Leia, why not Josh and 90% of the viewers will yell off with my head. But anyhow, why not find a Canadian relative or friend and just take the Canadian basic test? If you get 80%, you get access to all the HF phone we and data bands. Plus, you get to transmit in areas where Josh can't even with an extra. Check out the 40-meter band on this document. But you kind of have to be in Canada to transmit mm. out of those spaces. And then here are pictures of the crew setting up the Mosley. Hey, by the way, I love your licensing system. I have no argument against what you guys are doing. I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, well-marinated chicken. Look at that. Well done, good, Dimitri. Good job. Yeah. Like the hat, like the sun protection, good stuff. All stills were taken by Ken Murray, V0, uh, V-O-1-K-J-M from Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Okay. Newfoundland. <laughs> we just found it. It's first time. We had two stations, one for code and one for voice operators, running for pretty much the full 24 hours. Our team, 12 operators, made 893 contacts. Overall, we had 35 people out, 
a great barbecue, some nice sunny weather, some serious rain, and lots of good conversation and smiles. Our tally, including the bonus points, we have a preliminary score of 3,312 points. My participation was set up, some support, and ripped down. I didn't get on the air. I hunt Poda at home. Good for you. I was on the committee along with Dimitri, Rod, and Amanda, VE90OHM, who provided the space and set the schedule. Thanks, everyone. Hashtag AWRLFD. Hashtag Mark. That's my arc. M A. My arc. <laughs> Love R-C. the my arcs. Attaches a video of VE1 AJF doing what sounds to me like great CW, recorded by Rod VE9HV, shared with recorder's permission. Take care, Visha VE9GIS VE1GIS. Thank you so much for this. I'm going to go ahead and play this audio for you. Oh, my God, he went fast. (laughs) I was copying to a second. (laughs) That's that's really fast. I heard a K at the end. Nice. He started. (laughs) Misha, thank you so much for sharing all these field day pictures. And uh, I really like that you included the barbecue pictures. That's much appreciated. We love the barbecue. And I hope uh, you are staying dry out there. Trying to. Yeah. With 15 feet of rain? That's insane. Did that say 15 feet? That's what you were exclaimed upon, right? I thought it was eight feet. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say that's a lot of rain. But you almost doubled it. That's the problem. Hey. So Uh, the next email is titled Huntsville and Sky Loops. And this. Okay. (laughs) This is from our dear friend Wes. What's up, dude? And Leia. What's up, dude? Here is an update and advice for those looking for a good antenna option. I recently purchased a Chameleon Skyloop antenna. This is a triangle configuration with 50 feet off the ground at two points and three feet at one point. I thought I would need a much bigger footprint for this antenna than I actually did. If you have a 60 foot square or trees in a triangle, I suggest getting some paracord, a throw weight and hoist this style antenna into the air. Yes. This antenna is amazingly quiet with an S0 noise floor. I can hear everything and performance even down to one or two watts is pretty good lately i have been killing it on 30 meters dx late into the night almost completely all dx and 20 meters in the morning getting japan almost every time i fire it up in the morning i run 75 watts on ft8 and constantly get dx now on single sideband i haven't had much time to play around with it but 100 watts got me five nine plus 10 into Slovenia on my second try. Keep in mind that band conditions play a part in this, but if you want big ears, I recommend this antenna. The radios I've used on it is a Yesu 817 and a Yesu 450. Any Skyloop 
any sky loop is going to be amazing. With that said, the chameleon sky loop is a very good kit. Yeah. It's all put together. You just got to get it up in the air. Nice. But you heard him say 50 feet on all legs of it. Mm. And he has it in a square. And it's 60, 60 feet, foot square. 60 foot square in all directions. Yeah. That is a pretty large antenna. There is my latest ham radio thing. I've been I doing along with building my shack. I plan on going to Huntsville, Huntsville on the Saturday Huntsville. of the show. Right? I don't know Huntsville. if you can tell, but I am like so tired. I am like really waning here. We're going to we're going to re- re- reinvigorate Huntsville. <laughs> I will hopefully be bringing my best friend who has been wishy-washy on getting his license. It's 6 hours away and we're going to make a day of it. Good. I will be looking for small things for my shack, coax jumpers, batteries, etc., as well as a 705 or KX3 for the right price. Please come Josh, say hi. How easy is the KX2 or 3 to get on FT8? I really like the receivers in these little guys, and I love that they are American-made. You should buy a digi-rig. So if you get a digi-rig, that will solve uh, all of my complaints on the digital setup for that radio. All right. So, yeah, big plans in the next few months. That's all. Thanks for everything y'all do, Wes. KI5 WES. P.S. There's nothing wrong with being an appliance operator. Oh, I'm excited you're going to Huntsville. I am too. Have a Come good say time. hi, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to see you. The next email reads Fireworks and Radios. And this is from Sandy. Hello, Leah and Josh. I've been listening for about a year now. I found you guys while studying for my tech. Well, welcome to the tower. Welcome. I got that welcome. at the end of September of 2022. Well, congratulations. So glad you joined us. I joined a local club that also offered classes. I was able to get my general in December Ooh. of 2022. Let's go. Ah, double congratulations. I also work in emergency management for my county. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I was able to become our government contact for our ARIES program. Look at all that good you're doing with your license. So with that knowledge, I really enjoy fireworks. And the preparedness corner <laughs> made <laughs> last week finally made me email. My wife is from Lancaster. <laughs> Lancaster. Lancaster? What? Where are they at? Pennsylvania? I'm probably closer than you are. So we go up to the family farm and shoot them off. They are fun to watch and shoot off, but I would highly recommend looking into taking a display fireworks operator course from the Pyrotechnics Guild International. This is like an intro course for the pros. Plus, you get to fire off professional-sized fireworks for the class. The course goes over safety for the operators and spectators, along with talking about how fireworks operate. For my own show, I have a remote firing system and coordinate with everyone using GMRS. Oh. I've attached a photo from this year's show with the folks on site, neighboring farms, and the Amish school had about 300 or so watching. There are also some photos of the prep, the cert, and the study guide. While with a family, I was able to tune one 
in one of the local nets that were reporting on the area rainfall, my wife's grandfather was enjoying listening to everyone. That's awesome. Thank you guys for the entertaining podcast, 73 Sandy KQ for DNE. And I'm going to show Jossie's pictures. Oh, those are Ooh, serious fireworks. fireworks. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Using the boxes. There you go. Ooh. That's, that's colorful. How, how hard is it to take this class i mean it's not even legal where we are i don't know why we're talking about this no you we're not on a farm if you get the license it could be doubt it doubt it you could run the fireworks show at the at the city why would i want to do that big money i think the fireworks show is like fifty thousand dollars i think what do you think they paid for that though like the people that produced it oh like maybe 30 bucks in mexico I'm just kidding. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> probably like at least ten grand. In... No, I'm I'm assuming it's probably closer to twenty. I'm guessing twenty or thirty, actually. Yeah. All right. Not to mention the equipment. Once you factor in the equipment and all that other stuff, they have to do. Yeah. Well, thanks for that, Sandy. Thank you, Sandy. And uh, I'm glad our fireworks discussion really inspired you to write in. Mm-hmm. And now it's time. It's the final email. All right. The final email is titled, Thanks for the Sandwich. And it comes from volunteer podcast co-producer, Jake. Oh, Jake got it. All right. Thanks for the sandwich. All right. I'm excited. Hi, Leia. I ordered a grilled cheese today. And you remember oh, I, Starbucks, Starbucks cheese? grilled cheese. Okay. And I agree. It was delicious. Attaches a picture of me about to enjoy the scrumptious sandwich. Okay. This is insane. I have to as, this thing. As for the remaining sum of money, it will be split 50-50 between two organizations where I volunteer. The first is Virginia Beach EMS Marine Rescue, where I volunteer as a crew member and currently a rescue swimmer and coxswain about to finish and stand for boards in training. The second is Ocean Park Volunteer Fire and Rescue Squad, where I volunteer as an EMT. Hopefully that relieved any worries that I wouldn't donate to any Karens or ham-hating HOAs, but just as a backup, I will be doing my research. This is where you say to Jake, like, just double well, it now I am, to the next person. Now I am so glad... Oh. That I because look, Jake you came out smelling like to, roses. Leia, uh, this got is got to horrible. allocate the the funds that he was going to donate to two causes that he already donates his time to. That's that's fantastic. Well done, Jake. Also, as for mandatory radio content, I feel like you have the willpower for one more test question, so I've included it. Good, in my Jake. email. Make, dr- drill her. Let's go. What? <laughs> give her give her the business. Here we go. What is the maximum height above ground for an antenna structure not near a public use airport without requiring notification to the FAA and registration with the FCC? Is it A, 50 feet, B, 200 feet, C, 250 feet, or D, 100 feet? And this is, the correct answer is crossed out. It says the correct answer is B, 200 feet. Is that, is that all right? He has crossed it out. I don't, 
Okay. That's all for now. You're stuffed with Grilled Cheese Volunteer Podcast co-producer Jake K-O-4-J-U-Z-73s. Look at that. Jake's about to... Look at Jake! He's about to hit Flavortown. Jake's such a... Such a handsome I want to go, go try young this. man. I want to go try this. The grilled cheese. cheese? Yeah, I do. It's awesome. Is it? It's awesome. And they make it so fast. Okay, here's the thing. And do it's actually soup? crispy. Do they have soup now? No. You, can, you can't get a tomato No soup. You can't get a tomato You might soup. be able to get an oatmeal. <laughs> grilled cheese and oatmeal. Oh, so good. <laughs> that That's a missed opportunity. They should delve into to, just tomato. Just tomato with the grilled cheese, you're good. Okay. They'd be killing it. Yeah, they already are killing it. They don't have Let, to do No, it. no. Let me tell them. Okay. <laughs> you tell them, I guess. That's okay. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to try to. Oh, what a great slew of pictures. And This has been amazing. I, I loved all of the stories today. This has been awesome. Yeah, that's. Uh... Leah, do you feel energized to get your general? Are you ready? I, I don't feel energized for anything. I am super tired. Do you feel, and it is only my love of the podcast listeners and email correspondence that I did not just walk out an hour ago and say, we're just done with the emails. I mean, you know, if you walk out, you, you got to walk back in. <laughs> Leah, are you energized to get your general and then fight the the powers that could take away the the frequencies that you just earned via testing what because that's what we're all depending on at this point no why would you depend on that i'm already like licensed no but i mean like join the forces of we're we're gonna make you a lobbyist i think is what we're gonna (laughs) after what we learned from today you you will become the ham radio lobbyist You don't want me to do this. <laughs> you you'll open a door that you just can't close. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, everybody, we super very much appreciate you listening. And the fact you send us emails and send us those reviews on Apple Podcast means a lot to us. Until we talk to you again, 73. 73. Yeah. Good night.